It's WrestleMania weekend, so what better way to celebrate than by summoning up the devil's favorite son, the Big Red Machine, Kane. We watched See No Evil. We watched it so you don't have to, so you know what time it is. Welcome to Horrible Horror, the podcast where we watch the worst of the worst in horror movies. I'm your host, Marshall Hampton. With me today is my co-host, Mr. Aaron Southworth. Aaron, how are you doing on WrestleMania weekend? You were listening to the undisputed, reigning, defending, best podcast about shitty horror movies, <laughs> Horrible Horror Podcast. Can you dig it? Ooh, sucker! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I can't do a good Booker T. No, uh, I wasn't. I was, I was, I don't know what that was. I, was like, I don't know, but you let it with, can you dig it? So I was with, with Booker yeah, T. I, I, I'm like channeling both Macho Man and, and Booker, Booker T. T. Yeah, I was like, where are you going with that? <sighs> anyway, yeah, WrestleMania weekend. We here at Horrible Horror celebrating by taking on the movie See No Evil, starring the devil's favorite son, the big red machine, Kane, uh, a.k.a. Better known as Glenn, well, Glenn Jacobs. That's better his known name. as name. Yeah, <laughs> that's his given name. Yeah. Uh, but before we get into the movie itself, we have some uh, updates to take care of. Uh, our horrible horror March movie bracket tournament of awfulness is still going. We are in about we're rounding out the second round, getting ready to start the third round. Um, so we have some results for you. Uh, in the second round, we like I said we left off with uh, Swamp Eight versus Microwave Massacre. Now, to my surprise. But not to, apparently not to the uh, voters and listeners. Not to me either. Really? Yeah. I don't know. When, our, our, when we uh, picked our, our brackets, we did not have this happening. I'm just saying it's not a surprise. All right. But uh, I was shocked and a little disappointed. But Swamp Ape won and is moving on, beat out Microwave Massacre to move on to- So the uh, Moon Goon said that movie is worse. Yes, they did. And uh, I, I, I like both of them. I, I do. I like both those movies. I really, I hated Microwave Massacre. I love it. I, 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 it was I fun. get why some people like it, but compare when we compare the two of those, if I you know which one would I rather watch again, I'd much rather watch Swamp Ape than Microwave Massacre. And by that comparison, I would probably watch Swamp Ape again because it was just See, so to ridiculous. To me, that means Swamp Ape so, is the better movie. I get it, but still, I love Microwave Massacre too. All right. I get it, and a lot of people do. Now, uh, in the next round, we have The Suckling taking on Santa Claus. And I believe this one we actually had a tie. Is this yes, correct, this is correct. All we right. had a tie, so uh, it was it was split down the middle. I think I'm gonna be the tiebreaker because you never watched Santa Claus. You I weren't there for that one. Uh, we both watched the Suckling. Yes, that was awful. But <laughs> but Santa Claus, man, and, and Chris Samples, you're listening. You can testify to this. You watched did, did that episode with us. Is it's hard to believe. It's the much worse movie. Santa Claus. I'm breaking the tie. Santa Claus is moving on. Okay, beating the Suckling. So uh, that was easy. Uh, so that takes care of our uh, Crystal Lake bracket. Moving on to Haddonfield, we had uh, Creepazoids taking on uh, Zombie Decadence. And it looks like um, 
zombie decadence is moving on. Again, I am stunned by this. Like to me, Creepazoids was awful. Yeah. At least zombie decadence was stupid, but stupid fun. Creepazoids to me was just bad and well, boring. That was. But I don't know, man. God damn. I mean, we, that's, this is what we get for leaving it up to the, the listeners and, and, and the Instagram people. <laughs> You fucking morons. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's one way to get followers. Yeah. A bunch of dummies. <laughs> yeah, big bunch of dummies. No, but the people have spoken, man. Chris, Again, Chris Sample's heart will break on that one. He, yeah. he loves that movie. Um, but, yeah, so uh, zombie, zombie D is moving on. Um, sad. Sad, sad, sad. Is it? Hey, man, I'm kind I, of impartial. I I don't know. I guess I just I don't. Know. I really thought Creepy Story was just bad and just boring. Um, all right, next we had Evil Bong taking on Lake Fear Two, and in a complete massacre, uh, domination. Lake Fear Two beats out Evil Bong big time. And big time. I will say I'm glad to see it because Lake Fear is was one of our picks to go all the way to the finals. Yeah, and so far it's showing no, showing no signs of slowing down no, whatsoever. No, it's not. It's just gaining steam, if anything. <laughs> Uh, and then we have uh, Shark and Saw. No, no, I'm sorry. We have uh, Sorority Slaughterhouse taking on X-Ray, a.k.a. Hospital Massacre, a- a.k.a. Valentine, a- Eat Your Heart Out, or whatever the f- It had like yeah, three, three different, different names titles, yeah. Um, and this was a very close one. It was. And this is another one that surprises me. Well, it's close. It's close. It is close. So I think I it was c- just by one or two votes, I think. Yeah, but uh, <clears throat> surprise, the viewers or the voters and listeners have spoken in X-Ray was deemed worst movie and will right. be moving on. Yeah. Which, yeah, it's a weird, bad movie, but I think it was better than Sorority Slaughterhouse because that stupid ass clown that was just the special effects in that are just so laughably bad. It was. But a Eric bad Roberts, movie. I guess, carried it. I guess, I guess, Eric Roberts, <laughs> the voice of Eric Roberts. <laughs> well, he Moore. was in it for the first uh, five minutes, yeah, <laughs> and then it's just his voice on a non-animated <sighs> clown, <laughs> just God. some guys holding some underneath guy the camera, wiggling. And and <laughs> Jesus Christ! But X-ray moves on. And then in the last round for the Crystal or Haddonfield bracket, we have Shark and Saw Women's Prison Massacre taking on Carver, the 2008 version. And uh, I was surprised because this was going back and forth. A lot of people yeah. going for Carver. I'm like, whoa, what is happening again? Well, what is happening? It may here? also depend on what version they saw because we've talked about this before. When we first saw Carver, the way it was shot, the way it was cut. Yeah, it was... if they didn't watch the re-release of it where it was actually much better in the, the full gory version, right. then I could see how that would skew the, the voting. Absolutely. So I, I kind of forgot about that. That's a good point. Yeah. But calmer heads prevailed, and <laughs> Shark and Saw Women's Prison Massacre won and, will, and moves on <laughs> uh, to the uh, epically awful eight. Well, so that brings us... Our, let's, our epically awful eight, we have Prom Ride taking on Scarred. Uh, then we have Swamp Ape taking on Santa Claus. And we have Zombie Decadence taking on Lake Fear 2. And then X-Ray will go up against Sharkensaw Women's Prison Massacre in our elite, our epically awful eight, if you will. There you go. Um, so we should have this wrapped up probably, if we're doing two a day still, we'll have this wrapped up midweek or so. or And then we can, we'll start into our fucked up four or something. I don't yeah. I don't really have a catchy name for four, the final four. Um, Farty four. Farty four. Um, failed, fuck, fucking, I don't know. Failed four, I don't know, but... It does nothing. Sounds epically awful. It's kind of like my 
pinnacle, I guess. The shitty 16 is pretty good, too. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, but anyway, that's that. So uh, look out for, keep an eye out for next round for the epic, epically awful eight to start this later this week. And keep your votes coming, guys. We love it. You get, we're getting a lot of a uh, lot more participation this year. It's been really, yeah, it's really been good. Great. Um, with that said, because it is WrestleMania weekend, uh, and WrestleMania weekend is also the yearly WWE Hall of Fame induction. We figured, what you know, why don't we piggyback off that? Why don't we? It's been a while since we've had any inductions into our horrible horror Hall of Fame. Yeah, you know, this is episode one twenty five. It is one twenty five. One twenty five. So we've done one hundred and twenty five episodes, yes. not including bonus content. Not yeah, not including the bo- all the bonus content we've done. actual solid episodes. Yeah. So, uh Congratulations. Nice little mini anniversary there, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, pretty solid. It's, it's a lot of episodes. Yeah, it is a lot of episodes. It's pretty good. Um, Especially for a podcast that we were just like, yeah, let's give it a shot. Yeah. <laughs> we just had no, like, yeah. Yeah. Good, good job. Um, so our nominees, uh, I, I, I put together a list of, I think, five or six potential worthy nominees for this in, to go into our Hall of Fame. And we're going to go over here and, and I'll go through their credentials. And then we will decide who gets the nod, who gets the who gets the honor <laughs> of going into our Hall <laughs> who of Fame. It's the yeah, I like the, the honor. I guess I think it's a good. Uh, first up, uh, he would be in our director producer category is Mr. David DiCatia, who also is the man of a thousand names. Um, his overall uh, resume is 142 directing credits, but of those 142, we've done three of them. We've done Sorority Slaughterhouse. Sorority Babes and the Slime Ball Bolorama and Creepazoids. Yeah, they're all well known. Two of those three, uh, actually, was Sorority Girls in this year's too? Uh, Slime Ball. Yeah, all three of those were in this year's tournament bracket. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Creepazoids was the last one standing. Just uh, And uh, Sorority Slaughterhouse also lost in the second round. Um, then, we moving on, we have Mr. Lloyd Kaufman. Now, this guy could go under any category because he's yeah. got 330 credits as an actor. 53 as a director, 126 as a producer, and he's been featured in every aspect of those on our show. In as an actor, he's been in Killer Rack, Clown Camp Massacre, Bachelor Party, and The Bungalow of the Damned, and Poultrygeist. He also directed Poultrygeist and produced it, and he also produced uh, the 1980s Mother's Day, which we did way back yeah. when. Uh, so he's got a solid resume. Uh, moving on to uh, the actor actress category, we have. Miss Leanna Quigley, 150 credits as an actress. Of those, we've done Lake Fear 2, Night of the Demons, the remake. Yes, she was in the original, but we haven't done that on the show, so we can't count that. Right. Um, Sorority Babes and a Slime Ball Bullorama, Creepazoids, Silent Night, Deadly Night, Graduation Day, and apparently she was an uncredited mannequin in Taurus Trap. So An uncredited mannequin in Taurus Trap. Yeah. And I think she also was the. They were showing creepazoids in the Killer oh, Eye. Oh, technically, yeah. She she appeared in Killer Eye and Killer Eye Halloween, Halloween Haunt as archival footage. Yes, she was the movie within the movie, or the movie within the movie within the movie. Yeah, <laughs> I forgot about those. So yeah. So she's been in tons of our stuff. Yeah. So it's long overdue. Congratulations. Oh, well, okay. To we, haven't even, Quigley. we haven't even. I'm just saying congratulations to her because she's been in a lot of our yeah. stuff. Um, next up, we have Brinky Stevens, 174 credits. Of those, we've done Night of Something Strange, Bloody Mary 3D, Sorority Babes and the Slime Ball Bolorama, and The Slumber Party Massacre. Uh, followed by Debbie Roshan, 252 credits, hardworking woman, uh, all as an actress. We d- she was in Killer Rack, Poltergeist, and Santa Claus that we've covered. And lastly, I, uh, Julian, who is a dark horse, 
28 credits, so she's not as much, but of those we've done Knuckle Bones, Spirit Camp, and she was way back in episode four, Sweatshop. Wow. So uh, those are our nominees this year. Um, I think Aaron and I both agree that Lania Quigley is definitely going to enter this year's Hall of Fame. Um, did I spoil it by saying I'm putting her in the Hall of Fame? You kind of did, <laughs> but I agree with you on that one. I, I agree. Yeah. I, and she, of all that, she's been in depth by far the most we've done. So she's in. Now, we're, we're probably not going to put in all these. We're probably going to put in two, maybe three at the most, and the next one maybe just have to wait till next year or later down the road if, we, if they pop up in some more movies. Whenever we feel like it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, whenever the next voting period is, five years down the line, <laughs> whatever. Um, so what What are your next – who do you – next nomination? If we, if we just – Give me two. Just if we do three, we I, might I'm, do two. I'm feeling um, Brinky Stevens. Okay, and uh, I'm also Lloyd Kaufman. Just because Lloyd Kaufman is, I mean, he's he's yeah, is a godfather of fun horror. You know, okay. really, and that's the kind of horror I really like. Uh, I like the more fun, you know, type of horror movies. Those have always been my thing. I mean, even though, like, Mother's Day wasn't exactly, like, a fun film. No, that was pretty dark. <laughs> but, you know, so he's got a little bit of range. But he was just a producer on that. He, yeah. He but, wasn't writing or acting or directing. But he's had his fingers and toes and so much stuff. Yeah, that's true. Um, I kind of agree with you. At the same time, part of me is, like, there's a part of me that's going against Lloyd Kaufman just because he's almost too obvious of a choice. And I'm like, yeah. eh. I, I feel like that's just, like, I don't want to say selling out, but it, it's just too obvious. It's not really... Like Dave DiCatio is a good one too. See, I'm leaning yeah. almost more Dave DiCatio, uh, because he's done some real fucking shit. And speaking of which, I was channel surfing the other night. I couldn't sleep, and I ended up on like Showtime late night, and they were showing one was like softcore porn movies. Sweet. And guess who directed it? Henry Blueberry. Oh yes, <laughs> David DiCatio. One of his aliases. <laughs> yes. Nice. So I was like, what the hell? So I actually went to like the H uh, Showtime on demand and went to like their after hour softcore section and started looking up all the titles and like. All like all the ones he had listed, like David DiCaprio had directed like three of those. Wow, <laughs> under different names: Blueberry, uh, like Peterman or something. Was another yeah. one, and like, yeah, some like, holy shit. <laughs> um, uh, Brinky Stevens, Debbie Rashawn. Uh, I think and her and Julian, I both are my dark horses. Julian, I've really liked some of her movies, I and mean, we love Knuckle Bones, um, but and. Bear Camp wasn't bad. Sweatshop was awful, but I just don't know if it's her year. So, yeah, I'm not feeling Julian. No offense. I'm no, just, not yet. Not I yet. feel like she's still young in her uh, yeah, yeah horrible ho- horrible horror movie career. Her yeah. Um. Yeah, I just. But I said if I over oh, if I don't do Lloyd Kaufman, am I, is that not is that really fair either? That's like saying. You know, I don't want to vote Babe Ruth in the Hall of Fame just because everybody else is voting Babe Ruth in the Hall of Fame. You know, is that can that does that present that problem? We can make up the fucking rules. This is our show. That is true. <laughs> um. All right, so we do the we'll do Lania Quigley, Lloyd Kaufman, and David DiCatio. Either him or maybe Brinky Stevens. I'd go more David DiCatio. David DiCatio, yeah. maybe Brinky out. All right, so we actually do two directors. And then Leonie. All right, so all right, there we go. There's our class of 2018, or second class, really. We don't have a year on it. So Leonie Quigley, Lloyd Coffin, David DiCatio, congratulations! You are the newest inductees into the Horrible Horror Hall of Fame. Woo. Congratulations! Uh, your plaques and awards will be sent out to you in a timely manner, like if you even care listening to this. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So with that done, let's move on to the main event of the evening. 
Uh, see no evil. Ding, ding, ding. This movie was released nationwide in theaters on May 19th, 2006. Uh, it was written by Dan, Dan Madigan, who only has three credits as a writer. One of those is, besides this, is Viva Lucha Libre. And he was a writer on SmackDown, <laughs> WWE SmackDown. <laughs> uh, so this is this is this is when he wrote this. He wrote this movie, huh? Yeah. Uh, huh. He was also credited as Miscellaneous Crew on the sequel of 2000 Maniacs, 2001 Maniacs. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, and he also the was one on with, uh, Robert England, right? I don't know if he's yeah. in that. Probably. Uh, he was also on nine episodes of the TV show called Wrestling with the Pop Culturians, uh, where I guess he's he was just there. Like it was like probably one of those like I love the '90s or I love right. the '80s yeah, show yeah. or something. Uh, it's directed by Gregory Dark. This guy's got 76 credits as a director, mostly music videos and porn. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> so he's done music videos for Breaking Benjamin. He did the Polyamorous video. Mandy Moore, Orgy, Britney Spears, Linkin Park, Ice Cube, Cherry Pop and Daddies. He did Zoot Suit Ride. Onyx, Sublime are some of the bigger names that he wow. did music yeah. videos for. Did you say Britney? Britney Spears. Wow. He did Britney, bitch. Britney, bitch. Uh, and then he did such classic films as The Devil and Miss Jones, 3, 4, and 5. Whoa, I know those movies. Between the Cheeks, 2 and 3. I haven't seen those. Night of the Living Babes. <laughs> Deep Inside Vanessa Del Rio. Tell me, let me tell you about White Chicks. And not to be confused with the follow-up, let me tell you about black chicks. <laughs> and then, what's more appropriate than this one for this weekend? He also did Hooter Mania. <laughs> Hooter Mania. Hooter Mania. That's our director, Gregory Dark. Oh, now I want chicken wings. I don't know why. <laughs> um, our cast features, obviously, uh, <clears throat> Kane, a.k.a. Glenn Jacobs, playing Jacob Goodnight, our, our killer. The Big Red Machine. Big Red Machine. Uh, then we have Christine, played by Christine Vidal. She's got 76 credits, mostly guest spots on various TV shows, including The Commish, Sabrina Teenage Witch, Blue Bloods, Touched by an Angel. But she was all, her first role when she was a child, uh, or no, I'm sorry, she was also in the 2003 remake of Freaky Friday um, and starred in, as a child, The Life of Mikey alongside Michael J. Fox back in 1993. Okay. Uh, then we have Tyson slash Ty played by Michael Pagan. He's 27 credits. He was in the Gridiron Gang with The Rock. So he did two movies with wrestlers. He yeah, did this, there you go. This one right after. Yeah. Gridiron Gang was like right after this. We went from Kane to Rock back to back. And he was also in Fallen, which was a Denzel Washington, John Goodwin movie back in 98. That's a good yeah, movie. That, yeah. was a, that was a pretty cool one. Um, let's see. Then we have Rachel Taylor plays Zoe. She's from Tasmania, Australia. She grew up as a model. She was in the Miss Universe and Miss World State Finals. She's got 34 credits, including the uh, Transform- the first Transformers movies, The Mystery of Natalie Wood, Man-Thing, eight episodes of Grey's Anatomy, eight episodes of the rebooted Charlie's TV- Angels TV show. and But she's probably now most well-known and famous for her role as Twish Walker on the Netflix show Jessica Jones and the Defenders. It's Pam. Yep. She- yep. That's, that was is her. Is it Pam? I thought, it- is it her? Um, yeah, her, the character yeah. was childhood. I thought it was something else, but maybe it's Pam. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that was Pam. Oh, well. But anyway, know, but she's, it's her. She's, she's great in Jessica Jones. She is. She's Honestly, out of the the big shows on there, you got Kate, Luke Cage, you got Daredevil, you got Jessica Jones. Punisher and you got, now, Defenders, yeah, yeah. Iron Fist. Dude, Jessica Jones is my favorite. Really? Yeah. I was a little let down by season two. Uh, I don't think season two was as good as number season one. one was gr- season, season one was, was really good. It was great. Yeah. Season two let me down. Yeah, I, I don't say. think it was bad. 
wasn't I, bad, yeah. but I was expecting more. But now I want to see... Because I expect, you know, this is supposed to be after the Defenders, and I thought there'd be more tie-in, or at least mention of previous events. I can agree with like, that. Like, how do you go yeah. through that and not at least mention it in your daily life? Right. Even if you're just having to talk with Trish, you know, or your friend who's supposed to be your best friend slash sister, you don't mention, oh yeah, by the way, I was in this near a po- world-ending fight with this assassin group called The Hand, and this guy Luke Cage and Daredevil running around. Like, how do you not even bring that up? So, anyway. Old hat. Old hat. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh... Rachel Terror is awesome as Trish. She's great in that show. Um, and then lastly, we have Penny McNamee plays Melissa. She the only reason she won an Australian version of a Tony for her role as Nessa Rose in Wicked. So she, you know, theater actress there. Uh, that's really it. I'm not going to mention anybody else at this point. All right, so in the movie, let's hack into this thing. We open with two cops arriving at a church, and they hear the sound of a girl screaming coming from the inside. They burst in, guns in hand. Uh, they're looking around with the flashlights. They spot blood on the walls as they make their way through the dark, abandoned-looking church. Yeah, and it's right off the bat. It's already setting it up with like creepy imagery. <coughs> Excuse me. Wow, we both caught at the same time. So yeah, creepy imagery, and and it's like uh, you know the cameras kind of does like a weird little tracking mistake, and it's gr- it's grainy to be grainy and they're like yeah. bugs garbage and it's dirty and ugh. i'm not a fan of that i think that's uh it's been done before it's been done a lot and i think it's kind of hacky honestly okay. but again this was 2006 so maybe it was a little it newer. didn't bother me too much yeah i mean um especially like when we get to the hotel there like it's just dirty filthy run down but it's supposed to be an old condemned run down hotel so i didn't bother it it fit the mo- it fit the movie for me. I, I didn't have an issue with it. But it's right off the bat. I'm getting that. I'm like, oh, it's gonna be one of those movies. Um, so they yeah, hear they-, they 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 hear another scream, and they enter this one room in the back. And in the room, they find a young woman in like a black nightgown or nighty or something, or slip on her knees, and she's crying. She's freaking out. She's got her hands on her face. She's yeah. like, <laughs> suddenly Kane just pops up behind like some plastic sheet, kills one of the cops with this downward. Axe swing to the head. It's pretty violent. It's very violent looking. It's brutal. Uh, he then turns to the other cop who has this look on his face like, oh, fuck me. Like, what yeah. the shit, man? And he just chops this guy's arm off with now, one hand. Now, let's just pause here for a minute because right. not every single one of our listeners, I'm sure, are wrestling fans or watch That's wrestling. That's very good. Too. All right. So let's explain let's, Kane. Let's, let's give you an idea of what Kane is. Kane is either seven feet or just shy of seven feet tall. He's, 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 he's built at seven, but technically he's like six, six nine he's or something like that. He's fucking giant. Yeah. He's huge. He's got a shape. Over 300 pounds. Bald head, and he's very muscular, very beefy, just big Big he's a guy. of a man. He's yeah. a monster. He's a mo- he's a monster of a man. Speaking of Kane, uh, it's kind of funny that you know he plays this demonic, evil, brute character, but then outside that he everybody's like he's like one of the nicest guys, and he actually he's into politics now. He, he ran for mayor of his county down in uh, 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 Kentucky. Wasn't he also an educator? No, that well that's yeah. the point. Like he, they, they I always ask, they ask him like, well, if you weren't interested, what were you going to be? He's like, I wanted to be a teacher. Could you fucking imagine if Kane was your goddamn history teacher? Well, I wouldn't get out of fucking line. Yeah, that class would be in line. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, nobody's going to fuck with that in the right. round of that class. <laughs> A fucking seven foot, 300 pound teacher. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like, just built too? I mean, yeah. he's he's the right kind of 300 pounds. Yeah, he's not yeah. big and fat. He's just massive of a man. So, again, I, I will say this. I'll probably say it later, too, but I love Kane in this role. He Kane kills it as a killer he's so believable his movements his actions are great like he and he's a wrestler and he plays basically plays this character anyway but 
they did such a, such a perfect role for this type of per- for Kane in this role. I would agree. I mean, it was it was very much built for someone like him. I mean, the the script was written for Kane. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, but at the same time, it, it, it's such a great like. I'd love to see if Kane gets out when he he's getting out of his career anyway. Start making more horror movies, Kane. Go out there because you were awesome in this. Yeah, you could be like you'd be like a Kane Hodder type. Yeah, exactly. He could like. Can you imagine if Kane played was like the next Jason? They ever bring Jason back instead of Kane Hodder? That'd be fucking. I tits. mean, it's, and people fans would be like, "Oh fuck, Kane Hodder's Jason," but it's a dude in a mask. You can't tell his mind. And sure. Kane is bigger than Kane Hodder by Way, far. By far. And like, I would. I think that'd be awesome. Kane. And he is could Jason. bump. He could do stunts. Sure. Yeah, he could do his own. Yeah, he can. Yeah. Well, Kane. So and Kane. Kane's a stuntman too. But yeah. That'd be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, back on track. Um, so uh, the he cuts the cop's arm off. Yeah. The cop the cop on the ground is like, oh shit. Yeah. Kane swinging the axe down. One tr- clean. He cuts his arm off like a goddamn samurai. It's the cleanest cut. It would not. I think it'd be more brawn, like hacked, not so clean, like a like a ton or something. He keeps like that. that shit sharp. Man. Yeah, he does. He keeps it clean. Keeps it sharp. Um. So the cop falls to the ground. He gets uh. He gets a shot off at Kane. He gets his gun. He pops a shot off at Kane, and it seems like hit him in the head. Uh, and this causes Kane to retreat. The cop radio ends for help as he's about to pass out. The camera focuses in on the the crying woman, and we zoom in on her face, and we see that both of her eyes have been removed, and she's just bleeding from the her eye her eye holes, moist eye holes, moist soft eye holes. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get a lot of that. You, you, yeah, we we're going to love our eye holes in this we're gonna, one. We're going to bring that one back. Um, so we cut to the church now outside. It's sworn with cops, EMTs, and news reporters. Uh, we hear the reporters talking about how there, there were seven other dead bodies were found in the church, uh, all with their eyes missing. And that Officer Williams, uh, he's shown being loaded into the ambulance, uh, and he's taken to the hospital along with the uh, the girl with the missing eyes. I got to say, from a medical standpoint, again, this guy had his fucking arm chopped off. Right, he went through a traumatic experience. They don't have a blanket on him. They don't have anything on him. They're not giving him any oxygen. They like put like a band aid on his arm, and then they put his fucking arm on top of him in a plastic bag, in a clear plastic bag, so he can just look at his severed well, that, arm. I, I, I will, I will, uh, I will believe you with with all the other stuff. Like he should be wrapped in a blanket with oxygen. His guy's gonna be in fucking shock. Um, but I, the thing about the like, I don't mind the arm. It's funny to think about, but Dude. I think that's correct though. They just throw it on there so they keep the arm with the body so I, they can reattach it. It's in the a, army in the in the military. That's what, if you get lose a limb, you sorry, there's your arm. We have it's like we don't want to put your, somebody else's arm on your body, so I, we keep it together. I, I get it, but it's a clear plastic bag, and he's just staring at it like Ugh. yeah. <laughs> it would go into a black bag or something like Maybe, that. Maybe there's but, no way they'd be like, yep, here it is. <laughs> if anything, I think they would put they should put it on a cooler with ice and yeah. then put the cooler on top exactly. of it. Exactly. That'd make way more sense. Um anyway, so those two are the only survivors that are taken to a hospital. We jump four years later. Williams wakes up in bed. He's now equipped with a prosthetic arm. Okay, one of the most unbelievable things about this movie so far is that man woke up in a single bed. He's an adult man in like a single bed. <laughs> yeah, he's like in a teenager's like double bed Just or something get like a that. Full, no, it's not even a. It's like a twin. A twin yeah, yeah, it's a it's a slim twin. That's a good point. Yeah, get that man a full. I don't know any adults bed. who have a twin bed anymore. Get they that man a, a queen. I know. At least a full. Yeah. At least a full. Minimum a full. <laughs> um. So yeah, he he he. And we find out he's now he's left the police force and he's now working as a juvenile detention at a ju- at a juvenile detention center as a correctional officer. And now we, we jump to the correctional facility and we start meeting our cast of juvie assholes. 
because uh, they're all just mostly all just dicks. So I missed a missed that part because I was like, are they juvenile prisoners? Yes. Because I'm not. I didn't see juvenile. All right. Yeah. Um, and this is done in a very cliche way. Cliche, uh, cliche, cliche. Cliche. Thank you. I'm. I can't even talk. Um, way where each character speaks a line or two, and then we get a black and white shot, freeze frame on them in black and white, and like. Underneath, underneath them, it's almost like a mugshot. Almost mugshot ask. It says like what they're in for. It's like their name, like yeah. Zoe Smith. Is yeah, for you know, so for, yeah. for burglary. Yeah, the first theft. two we uh, we we are introduced to is Russell Wolf. He's in for receiving stolen property, uh, and Richie Bernson uh, in for computer fraud. Uh, we then cut to the girls, the 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 girl juvies. They're already on the bus with their chaperone slash monitor Hannah. Uh, Hannah's talking to girls about trust and being, you know, we have to trust you guys after finding condoms in one of the girls' bags. Uh, and we, now we start meeting the girls, and it's the same thing, you know, black and white freeze frame. Uh, our main girl, we start from our main girl, Christine Zaretti. Uh, she's in for aggravated assault. Zoe Warner, shoplifting, Kira Vanny, possession with a tent to sell. Melissa Bardreau, or some French shit, uh, <laughs> breaking and entering and reckless endangerment, uh, where she, basically her thing is that she's like an animal lover. And I think she like broke into like some kind of like, like humane society or animal testing center to free the animals or some crap like that. Uh, and then we go back to uh, the dude. We have Michael Monrose, who is possession with intent to sell and assault and battery. And then the black guy, Tyson, breaking and entering and possession. So that's basically our... That, that's it. That's everybody. That's our cast of Juvie. And they're coming out of the facility. They're on the, to get the on girls, the bus. Yeah. The, the guys are coming out of the facility. The girls are already on the bus. And then the guys load in with, and they. And they're coming out of the correctional facility. Yes. Dressed in street clothes. In civvies. Yeah. With no, no shackles. Right. No handcuffs. Well, yeah. I, and I really. one guard. With one with arm. one arm. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? I, I thought that's that's pretty bad too. I I will agree with that. That uh, first of all, to have a correctional officer with one no, arm, that guy should be doing no. fucking. If anything, he's gonna be doing desk work. He's in the offices. Uh, but yeah, and uh, the civvies, I didn't really think too much about because they probably wouldn't be in jumpers. But if they're going out into the world to do community service, then maybe they'll give them their civvies for the day. I agree, probably not. But like the one girl know. in fucking high heels. Like strappy yeah. high heels. Yeah, I'll this give you that. Yeah. was bullshit. Yeah, it, that's, it was very this shocking. This was massacre. bullshit. This, this was bad. Really bad. Uh, yeah, they, I, I, it they, really took me out of it. Like, why are we? Why are these kids here? Oh, they're criminals. Why are you letting these criminals they basically they, run none of them around? Were, none of them were in for. Well, one or two of them was for assault and battery, but the rest of them were all like non-violent uh, crimes. But so. But anyway, I agree. There's yeah. a lot of loopholes that Bid. a lot of liberties yeah. taken Oof. there that should not have been. Ah. Um, they get on the bus with the girls. They drive off. During the drive, we learn that they're all chosen to be part of this like community service project. Because they're going to get X amount of time taken off yes, their senses. Yes, shaves time off their senses. And we also learn that Mike and Kira have a past together. Basically, Mike was a drug dealer. He worked, and Kara was Kira was like worked under him or worked with him or they were dating or something. It and is. basically, he fucked her over and she he's the reason she's incarcerated now in the juvie center um it comes back again later but that's the gist of it but 
Uh, they are not off to a very good start because it's basically as soon as they drive away, Mike and Tyson just immediately get into a fist fight. Right. Which, like, <laughs> for, like, no reason. It's just, like, just the, fist fight. The dumbest shit. I don't even remember what it was. I don't even remember what it was. No, it, it was, was like, like, why are you looking at me, dude? Yeah. Uh, I'm not. Fuck you, man. No, fuck you. Yeah. Fuck you, man. And then they, and go then they just start fight. punching each other. And yeah. wouldn't that automatically be like, all right, done. Yeah, back. You, back. Yeah, you guys are done. You guys, I thought the same thing. Like, you why blew your opportunity. Guys, exactly. And it was like, break it up, guys. Yeah, the one-armed man goes to try to break up these two teenagers <laughs> fighting on a bus. Uh, um, So they arrive at the Blackwell Hotel. Oh, what's the name of the hotel? It's the Blackwell. Once you go Blackwell. Well, you don't go Blackwell. You don't go Blackwell. <laughs> no, you don't. Uh, interesting also wrestling thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah a little interesting did, there. Yeah. Um, no one knows what we're talking about. Yeah, nobody, <laughs> except for me. <laughs> and maybe Chris Sample is listening. Yeah. <laughs> um, wow, that's three. How many times did I reference Chris Samples in one show? Jesus I know, Christ. Jesus. <laughs> that was four. <laughs> Stop um, over ahead. Uh, so the hotel has been condemned. It's shut down. It's filthy. It's boarded up. Staying out front is an Margaret, who's this little old woman. Uh, she greets Williams and, like, you know, who thanks her for the opportunity, to, you know, for letting the kids do this. And it's blah, blah, blah. Margaret unlocks the doors, leads them all inside. She introduces herself and tells them that she and her agency is wanting to renovate the hotel and turn it into a homeless shelter for this area of town because it's supposed to be a really old, run-down part of town now. Um, the, the, the golden days of this section of town are long gone. Yep. Uh, we find out that the kids are going to be staying here overnight and working <laughs> for the next three days. So basically, I guess it's a weekend uh, weekend trip. Again, Oof. Yeah, no real one. Basically, one male, one female supervisor for eight juvenile criminal delinquents over three days in a hotel. Yeah, yeah. There would be, be, I think there should be would be a few more uh, guards and, and people watching uh, and over. a lot more discipline. Yeah, because holy shit, these kids just basically have free run to do whatever the hell they want. Yeah. Like Williams and Hannah are like never even with these kids. They're no, like, they're like no. they go out to clean, and that's the last year they're ever together. That's really. it. Then, then Williams and Hannah just like sit around talking, shooting the shit, taking shots out of a flash, talking about life. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> fuck the kids. <laughs> Uh, so Margaret mentions that the hotel is rumored to have several secret passages and hidden rooms, but she's never found any of them. So foreshadowing. Uh, the kids are set off to work. Mike is told to go clean a bathroom. And while in the bathroom, we see Kane spying on him through a hole in the wall. We cut to Kira and Christine. Uh, Kira's already like trying to plan her escape. She's like, hey, Christine, like we should, you know, let's get out of here, run away. Yeah, so right, right off the bat, he's like... We're getting the fuck out of here. Part of it is because she doesn't want to be around Mike. Mike. She just wants to get away from Mike. Not necessarily escape the, the correct thing, but just she wants to get away from Mike. Um, but Christine talks her out of it. And the two of them, they talk and they bond for a bit. Uh, now, I will say this right now. Uh, you have to apologize because this movie, for the, the for the next like 20 minutes, though, as we build up to the kills and all that, um, I will say it's very fast paced. It's a very good pace to the movie. But the, the, because they'll, they're trying to cram in a lot of scenes, so a lot of the scenes are very fast and very short. So we're doing a lot of jump from this to from this pair to this pair to this pair to this pair. It's true. In rapid in yeah. succession. Because so. they're, they're, they're spread out throughout the yeah. hotel. So it might it's going to sound a little choppy, but try to you know we'll do our best here. So we go to uh, Richie and Tyson now. Richie is trying to talk Tyson into helping him find and crack the long lost safe that's supposed to be lost in this hotel. And Tyson, like, eventually Tyson agrees, and they so they like 
fuck our work until let's go off and do this. Yeah, and Tyson is supposed to be the expert lock picker. Yes, who he can pick lock with a paperclip. Yeah, he can he's he can open up a safe as easily as he can open your mama's legs. <laughs> Direct quote, by the way. Oh, I missed that one. <laughs> there we go. Nicely done. Yes. Thank you. Uh, now we go back to Williams. He's talking with Christine now while she's working. We kind of get the idea that Williams kind of has a soft spot for Christine because he's like, he says stuff like he's happy that she got approved for this work detail and that she got a bum rap and that she should she probably shouldn't be here in the first place. So something happened in yeah. her case or her trial or she she got a bum deal uh, and she's really, I guess, supposed to be like the good girl who got locked up she, wrongly. Essentially, it sounds like she she was one in for an assault and battery or aggravated oh, assault. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, but it, it was but, like her stepfather it, or Yeah, like she that. was sticking up for her sister because I guess her stepfather was abusive. Mm-hmm. It was something along those lines. Yeah. yeah. Uh, she also fills William. She Christine fills Williams in on Kira and Mike's backstory, which he didn't know about. Which again, this is where I caught bullshit for the first time. Again, day, yeah, it makes no sense because just in that pre, in this conversation alone, uh, Williams tells Christine like, "Oh, I've read all your guys' files, and that's why you guys got a bum rap." Right? So if you've read all their files, you would fucking know that Mike and Kira have a backstory and that they're related not you know connected somehow they have a story they, their crimes were committed the in reason, unison you know they were basically locked up and charged together right you would fucking know this I that would be in the file so again that's another bad loophole and it just that shouldn't even they shouldn't even mention that or, or just left it out but that's that's just bad right yeah, there you just could have left it out yeah you just could have left it out and been like they weren't supposed to be together. Oh, really? Whoa. You just could have read her file instead of all their files. Yeah, or, or, or just say you know, it was, maybe it was a cl- like a clerical error, or something like this. Is, I, I acknowledge that because there's no way you would not know this information. Right. That they weren't supposed to be here together. That the wrong Mike, like Mike, his name is Mike Monroe, so, and it was supposed to be Mike Monroe that was supposed to be here or something like that. Right. Um, easy so, fix. Yeah. Uh, William tells her, you know what, I'll deal with this, and he leaves. He never deals with it. <laughs> uh, so now most of the group, we is now they're all hanging out in the lobby eating lunch. So it's now lunchtime. Uh, Melissa befriends this stray dog that she that just kind of shows up. He comes, uh, she's going to feed some food, and she's fr- befriending it. And then Mike, who is just an asshole in this movie, for just you know, he's like the guy who's just an asshole for the sake of being an asshole. He is nothing but just an asshole. Exactly. Asshole There's, for the sake of being an asshole. Yeah. There's no... There's no redeeming qualities about him None. at all. Um, Mike just throws this can of soda at the dog, causing it to run away through this hole in the wall. Now, the dog... So they're in the atrium, right? Well, is it the atrium it's, or the yeah, lobby? It's the atrium because it's, it's, it's outdoors. That's how the dog gets through this little crack out of the wall. And comes through the crack of the wall. They're in the atrium. See, I thought so, they were in the lobby hotel because there's the, there's someone sitting yeah. like the, the main staircase. I thought no, they're on, they're in the, they're in the atrium. Okay, um, because it comes back later. I know the atrium comes back several times, but I thought this was the lobby at the so, time. <laughs> Where was I going? What was I saying? Shit. Uh, so about but anyway, Mike they were saying a soda yeah, and... but they were saying the dog was starving. Yeah, it's like hey, the dog's starving. Ah, you know. Yeah. I was thinking, what a dick. Uh, I agree, man. You don't throw soda at a dog. Uh. So, to make up for it, Mike offers Melissa some drugs as a makeup gift. Sweet. And she doesn't want anything to do with it, but Zoe steps up ready to party. She's like, let's do it. Yeah. It's kind of curious what those drugs were at first. Yeah, at first it looks like cocaine. Like, yeah. it's a little baggy. Like, oh, that's cocaine. It's like but a little later, bag, we, and it's, we but can when see we from get a to distance. It, they're like smoking weed. Yeah. So, it's like, what? 
Just say you got some weed, man. Yeah. I got drugs. I got the good stuff. It's like, <laughs> what, 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 what do you got? What do you got? Weed. It's like, oh, okay. Well, I guess that's just sure. a little better than nothing. Yeah. Okay. Um, right on. <laughs> so Mike and Russell, they head up to the penthouse suites, which they were told earlier is off limits. Uh, you know, they're gonna. that's where they're going to go to party with Zoe. Meanwhile, Tyson and Richie, they say, no, we're not going to join. They go off to search for a safe. Now, Kira is in the shower. Uh, she's being spied on by Kane. And it's important here to mention that Kira has this large back tattoo of, like, a cross. And there's, like, some other decorated some stuff around angels, it. Some cherubie angels. Ch- cherub, yeah. And uh, she's also I think, got some, other, I think, some tattoos on her arms of, like, maybe, like, uh, the holy dove or something like that. Or dove or something. I don't it's know. Another cross. But she also yeah. got a sweet ass. Yes. There's no nudity in it. That's the closest nudity no, you, you, you get. You get a butt. You get a butt. You get a, a butt. nice butt. It's a good butt. It's a good butt. It's a butt. Um. <laughs> So Mike enters the bathroom as Kira's getting out of the shower. They argue, then go back and forth. Mike gets pissed off, grabs her by the neck, and like pins her up against the wall. Dude, Mike's a dick, big time. Uh, Christine enters, he's like, "Let her go!" And blah blah blah. And then Mike, <laughs> <laughs> she, she's a little more forceful. Like, yeah, she's got her shit a little bit more together than let her go. I know, but I'm just yeah. Uh, just she, basically, Mike ends up letting her go, and he leaves. Uh. So we go back to Rich and Tyson wandering around the hotel, following. Like he's looking, they're basically firing this crappy floor plan that he supposedly got off the internet. So yeah, okay, this is hard to follow. You're right because we're jumping from person to person to person to yeah. person. This is hard to keep up with, you know, because you're right. This this movie goes scene to couple to couple to couple to couple. It eventually, like, it eventually comes together. Comes together and, and it's it it, 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 it stops evens jumping. Out. It evens out. Thank you. That's the term I was looking for. Yeah. But for right now, it's just bounce, 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 bounce. It's like fucking speedball bouncing off the walls somewhere. Yeah, it's like that's, I got... an, that's a very obscure reference to Marvel fans. <laughs> uh, I've got like speedball. ADD here. I'm like, what was happening there? What was happening there? What's going on here? It's boom, boom, boom. So Richie and Ty. Yeah. They are pulling out, like you said, these literally three pages of what looks like a web page article on the hotel. Yeah, and just happens to have like a very, very descriptive No, not even descriptive. I'm gonna say very, very bland, like basic outline of the hotel. It's like here's the main walls and then like here's a few other walls and like a big open it, it's the most non detailed floor plan I've but ever he's like, seen. I got the blueprints. Yeah, right he says here. blueprints. <laughs> it's like Really dude? That's yeah. three pages of like a web page. Yeah, it's it's really bad. So now we go back to Zoe and Melissa. They're getting ready to go meet Mike and Russell. Um, who Melissa now, you know, originally she wasn't going to go join the party, but Russell's going. She kind of has a thing for Russell. He's hunky. He's hunky. And he was also the one person after who came over to, like, check on her or apologize after Mike threw the so at the dog. So he came over, and she's like, oh, he's sweet now. He's so, also got no sleeves and some sweet guns. Yeah. <laughs> Sun's <laughs> out, guns out. <laughs> uh so, uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Zoe and they, she asked Christine and Kira if they're coming. Of course, they're not. Uh, so the two of them leave. Um, now we go to Hannah and Officer Williams. Again, next is earlier. They're just chilling out, talking about Hannah's boyfriend. Williams is drinking out of his flask. He's pouring drinks for him. Uh, yeah. Uh, and she, you know, they're talking about how she's kind of dragging her feet because, you know, she was a boyfriend asked to marry her and they're engaged, which is kind of dragging her feet. She's had so it's a and again, don't give a shit about these kids. They don't check on them once. No supervision. No, no. Not until like shit starts hitting the fan do they actually go to check on the kids. It's crazy. Yeah, you're letting you know Criminal, juvenile delinquents. Yeah, eight, at least eighteen year old kids, juvenile who 
are basically on the verge of being sentenced as adults. So maybe they're somewhere between 16 and 18. But yeah, just run around unsupervised. They they're already look. doing drugs and having drug and sex parties going on. And they're just like, whatever. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> yeah, these are supposed to be underage kids. Yeah. They don't look. None of them. No, I none of them do. One of them looks under 21. I would serve all of them. Maybe except Richie. Maybe. Richie, and Richie's right on the cusp. Richie's on the cusp. Yeah. But all the rest of them. Yeah. Uh, Zoe looks young. It, she looks younger. No. Not no. I'm not saying that young, but I'm saying she looks younger than the rest. For, of all the girls, she looks the youngest out of the girls. Uh, Still. But Richie, I, see, I agree. Richie's probably the only one that looks somewhat in that age group. I mean, Mike looks like he's 25. No shit. <laughs> yeah, sun's out, guns out, whoever that guy is. Russell. Yeah, he's, he's in his mid-20s, too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's... Ugh. Yeah. Uh, so, anyway, we go back to Richie Tyson, who come across a dead hobo in a hallway. <laughs> uh, uh, they, they, he, Tyson, like, snoops, knees, knees down for a closer look, and they notice that the hobo's eyes are missing. Of course, this freaks out Richie. Freaks him the fuck out. Yes, he takes, he sprints off down the hallway, hauling ass by himself. Tyson chases after him, but quickly loses Richie in the winding, twisting hallways of the hotel. But it's, it's, it's still just a straight path. I agree. Like, in, like where'd you, you go? Where'd you go? Just, just walk down the hall, man. I agree. Or like, run down the hall. Even if they kind of twist and turn, it's still. You never see like a fork where the hallway right. split. They all seem to be one. Solid hallway that twists One and turns yeah. a bit. Yeah, One I agree. With you. Path. They should not be losing people that easily in these yeah. ha- in these hallways. Plus, it's he has a flashlight and all the lights are on in the hall. All the and the fact that if it's all quiet, you would, if he's sprinting that you would hear his footsteps taking off. You would hear him running, so yeah. you just follow the sound. Um. Anyway, uh, so now we see Kane appear behind Richie. Holding a large hook attached to this long length of heavy chain, Kane throws it, and it, the hook digs into Rick, Richie's ankle. Kane yanks on the chain, pulling Richie down to the floor, and then drags him all the way back to him, like, down the hallway, back towards Kane. Tyson turns a corner and sees Kane dragging Richie down the hallway, but Tyson, like, he just stays. He's hidden. just quiet. He's well, like, Kane doesn't oh. see him. Yeah. And watches as Kane then bashes Richie against the wall and pulls him into the elevator. Although it's and funny because Richie did look over and see time and be like, help me! Yeah. He's like, fuck that. Yeah, he does. Fuck that. And I love the way, like, when I say he bashes Richie, like, he doesn't pick Richie up and smash him with his hand. He, like, flicks the chain and with such strength that it, like, with Richie still attached to it, he flies up against the wall, smacks into it, and he just drags him into the elevator. Now... Most time I call bullshit, but because it's fucking Kane, Kane. I know I was going to comment on this. So yes. big and like, yes, I'm not talking about this. I want to talk about it right now. I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I buy it. I don't want to call bullshit on this all the time too. Like, like especially like, like we talked about last week, the mule layer. Would this 50 year old man be able to like haul around this boat motor right. like that? Probably not. But I, I don't. None of the things that happen in this movie really bother me because it's fucking Kane. Because he's fucking he's gigantic. Yeah, he's like three times the size of any of any people in this movie. And he's massive, he's strong. It does not bother me in the slice that he's doing some of this shit, these feats of strength. Right there with and, you. And, and the fact that and it makes me enjoy like I love it. And there's other movies like this is fucking that's fucking stupid. But I loved him in this movie. Like he's so violent and brutal with some of these like uh, some smashes up against the wall we've seen a bajillion times but the way he does it in this movie is like the best I've ever seen there it's just so violent and brutal that I love it I, I can't get I can't say enough love it uh 
So anyway, uh, yeah, uh, Richie's dragged into the elevator. We cut back to Hannah and Williams, who are now joined by Margaret. Margaret tells them that someone's in the elevators and the kids must have snuck out of their rooms. <laughs> and then, oh, the sense of urgency. Yeah. <laughs> Hannah's like, Officer Williams is like sitting there drinking. Hannah's like, I'll go take care I'll, of this. I'll take care of this one. Yeah, I got this one. Slowly, finishes her drink. Yeah. Slowly gets up and saunters towards the elevator. Now, I will say, even though the obvious, uh, you know, oversights and loopholes we've already talked about, the mid the only ones, I will say at this point, her just slowly doing it didn't bother me as much just because, you know, obviously they're not expecting trouble. You know, they're not. They haven't done anything. The kids haven't been bust for anything else yet up to this point. So she's probably just like, fine, they're just out after curfew. I'll go take care of this, getting back to bed. No big deal. So I was like, eh, I can kind of buy this this time, you know, because we are talking about the other glaring oversights as well. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, so uh, Hannah, she goes, she reaches the elevator. The door's open. It's empty. No one's there. So she takes the elevator up to the second floor. But the elevator takes, skips a second, takes her all the way up to the eighth floor, I believe. Yeah, and she's like, what the fuck? It's it's, yeah. it's not working correctly. Yeah. And which, again, believable in this old sure, rundown sure. hotel. Which is just filthy. It, this place is so dirty. But at the same time, I said before, didn't bother me so much. I, li- uh, I, I like this setting. It, it was dirty, gritty, gross. Kane, he's dirty and filthy and gross. Like, it fit for me. I had no problems with it. I really didn't. I, I I get it. I just I'm not a fan of it. It feels kind of like it was done really well in like Silent Hill video games, right? Well, it's not like a Silent Hill like where the walls are like chain link and metal. And another thing to think about is like this whole this hotel's obviously been broken into many times over the years. It's basically like a uh, 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 hobo hobo yeah. refuge, like hobo, homeless people are sleeping. So there's gonna be trash and debris. We've seen hobo. We'll find more dead but, I mean, hobos later too. Just Perfectly dirty, and there's bugs and rats which, everywhere. Which I believe would be, again, doesn't bother me because this place has been closed down for like 30 plus years or more, or maybe even more. Because based on the artwork we see on the walls, like that stuff is like from like the 20s or 30s almost. I, I don't know. I just, I'm, I guess I'm just not a fan of that type of decor, that type of like horror environment because okay. I just feel like it's been done a lot. And just, it's well, just, this I'm movie just, doesn't break any molds. It, it does, it's it, true. It I will say that yeah. it doesn't, but. I, I can I said it was very fitting for me. I thought yeah. it fit perfectly with what they're doing, which again, they're not trying to break any molds. They're just trying to make a movie. Cash in. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so uh uh blah 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 what was it? Oh she, yeah, she, doors open on the eighth floor. All she sees is this dirty hallway. Uh so she she takes her eyes off the hallway, looks down towards like the, the button panel on the elevator, the and she pushes the button to take the elevator back down, and then when she looks back up, wham! She just gets grabbed by the neck by Kane, who just pops up in front of her. Kane violently, with like one hand, lifts her up, smashes her into like the ceiling or the roof of the elevator car with such force and strength that it just kills her right yeah. off the bat. And it just, you see this blood splatter up against the wall. It just, wham, boom, and it drops her just limp by it to the, to the ground. It's so quick, but again, it's so brutal. It's awesome looking. I love it. And he, he then flips her dead body over and then begins to pull out her eyes with his bare hands. With his bare hands, he, he's got like slightly elongated and, and sharp, pointy fingernails. Yeah, and he, but to dig in, but and they're, they're just, thick, they're dirty, they're more like claws almost. Yeah, they're fucking it's like, like small bear paws, claws. man. Yeah, they're he just ma- massive. And mauls. his hands are so big, huge on these pe- like compare these. Pe- so he's holding her head with one hand. Yeah, 
and you can just see the size of his hand. I mean, it's almost the equivalent of like that, that famous clip of Andre Giant and Mean Gene Oakland where he yeah. covers Mean Gene's face with his hand. Yeah. Uh, it's not, obviously, Kane's hand isn't as big as Andre's, but, Andres, but fucking... it, it, it compares, it's pretty damn Like close. you said, he's got some fucking paws on him. Yeah, he does. And he's holding her head, and with the other hand, he's digging out her eyes. Yeah. And he's, you can tell he's done this before. He has done this many times. He's got good technique. Yes, he does. He's clean. Clean removal. <laughs> Surgical almost. So, yeah. <laughs> uh... So we cut to our party group of kids up in the penthouse. No, but before we oh, move okay. on, I'm sorry. So when she got up to the top floor, yes. the door opens. There's no cane right off the bat. No. But there's a fly that's buzzing yeah, around. She, uh, yeah, And she's fly. swapping away at the fly. And the fly is always around. Yeah, the fly is, because, is like a, a precursor. Is like all, every, every, every fly, They follow cane around. Which I think is fine because he's dirty. He's probably smelly. He doesn't, there's, there's probably no walking water. No showers. He probably doesn't wipe well either. Probably not. No. He's probably a stinky motherfucker. <laughs> uh uh, which again, I kind of like it. He's like, oh, flies. He kind of gives that little anticipation. Yeah. Oh, something's oh, going to happen. Something's going to happen. Shit's about to go down. But uh, you pick on that as it goes. Th- yes. This first time, it's like, oh, it's just a fucking fly. You don't think anything yeah. of it. And like I said, it was a dirty hotel. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so we cut to our party group of kids as they uh, head up to the penthouse suite. Uh, they're in the stairwell. They're talking. And then we go right back to Kira and Christine. Again, like I said, real fast. Kira is still wanting to escape so she can get away from Mike. This time, Christina gives her... Help. She's like, here's my escape path suggestion to take the, you know, go through the old kitchen and out through the back, which leads to the back of the atrium and then you get out from there or something like that. So we follow Kira as she enters the kitchen. She tries to break out through one of the windows, but she falls over, causing all this old kitchen equipment. Pots and pots pans. that come crashing down. She makes this loud crashing noise. Uh, Margaret hears this and so does Christine. Who tries to intercept Martin? Try to play decoy. Try to you know cut her Mar- off. What's the, what's the cop's name again? I already forgot. One Williams. Williams. Officer Williams. Yeah, so Margaret and Williams here. Yeah. Yeah. So there, she's trying to buff play buffer here, but in the kitchen now in the kitchen the dumbwaiter opens and a bunch of flies like a swarm of flies just come buzzing out. They fly all around Kira, and at first she thinks it's just Mike fucking with her again, but quickly realizes it's not. Uh, she turns. She slips on a knife. Falls to the floor and flat on her face. Flat on her face, just smack face turn. And this is where we see Kane get out of the f- dumb waiter. What? Which is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> now this is what I call nothing. I call bullshit on the movie. And everything about this movie I love so much, but this is. It's like neat. I get the imagery they're trying to go for, but goddamn, a dumbwaiter is maybe like three, three by three feet square. Yeah, and Kane is like a seven foot, three hundred pound man trying to crawl his way out of a dumbwaiter. <laughs> like, how would he even fit in that to begin with? That doesn't make any sense. No, and would None. a dumbwaiter even hold his weight right? <laughs> like, to operate? Like, <laughs> so <laughs> ludicrous to think about this. This isn't <laughs> an elevator. He takes up an elevator. Yeah, the man takes up a lot of space <laughs> in a full size. Elevator. He's probably like half the weight capacity on a normal <laughs> elevator. <laughs> How the hell is it gonna fit into a dumbwaiter? <laughs> That's so small that every all the movies that come to mind that have a dumbwaiter. Halloween H show and there's a scene with a yes. dumbwaiter and like the girl who the girl is, is like smaller is like girl. maybe a buck ten buck fifteen at best maybe five feet five and inches she and squeezes she squeezes in she has to squeeze and cram into it and here's seven foot three hundred pound cane <laughs> trying to exit a dumbwaiter just gets out no problem <laughs> hey guys it's so dumb and ridiculous <laughs> but anyway Kane gets out sure and again he throws his hook. 
This time it digs deeply into Kira's shoulder. And again, he drags her across the floor and he yanks her. And she's screaming and yelling and he's yanking her across the and floor. And again, he does it he, with a yank, very forceful yank. He, he, he yanks her into, into the wall again, like just whacks her into the wall. Before opening the like the dumb waiter, it's the wall, like the half wall before, like right below the opening to the dumb waiter. So he yanks her like and smashes her right up against that. Yeah, crawls back into the dumb waiter and then and pulls and then her into. So now we have Kane and a full grown woman in this one <laughs> dumb waiter. <laughs> this dumb waiter we said is like the TARDIS, man. Yeah. Jesus Christ, <laughs> what is the space capacity of this thing? <laughs> What? A fucking dumb waiter with two people in it. It's bad. <laughs> what a monster. Of a That's man. really bad. <laughs> I remember looking at that. I'm like, is, is it, I, I don't get it. I don't. I don't understand. So hearing all the screaming, Williams, Margaret, and Christine run into the kitchen just in time to see Kira's feet disappear into the dumb waiter. Uh, the doors close. Williams runs over to try to help out, but he can't get the doors open. And he goes, which floor does this go to? She says all of them. The question should be, how the fuck did she fit in there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, yeah, he just he demands to know where the elevator leaves and who else is in the building. Yeah. Margaret's like, there's no one else here. Like, it was cleared out days ago, blah, blah, blah. Christine then tells him that the other kids went up to the penthouse. And they and so, like, you know, she's like, oh, shit. And, like, she doesn't want to be right. But, like, everybody else is up there. It's now, you know. Shit's getting real. Something could happen to him. Yep. Let's get him to safety. Stuff is starting to unravel. Yes. Um, so they all rush up to get them. Uh, beforehand, Williams gives Margaret his cell phone to go call for help and tells Christine to stay put and wait for Hannah while he goes up to get the kids. Christine refuses to wait, and she rushes in the elevator with him. In the elevator, they look up, and they find the blood splatter from Hannah's head on the ceiling, and it still makes like there's clumps of hair yeah, in it from the impact. Yeah, skin and hair which, still stuck again, to it. loved it. It, it was, was a good effect. Very good effect. And they're just like, what the fuck? Um, so we, now we go back to the party group. Mike is just smashing shit with a pipe as they walk down the hallway. Sure. Which, again, kind of an asshole thing, but at the same time, eh, kind of looks like fun. If you're in a dilapidated hotel with a pipe. I would probably I wouldn't mind taking a swing at an old vase too. <laughs> but your job is to clean the place. Yeah, I know that is true. But you, again, these people they don't care. They haven't done one bit of cleaning anyway. Yeah, we have, we've seen the only person we seen we saw Mike go into a bathroom with a mop and throw the mop down immediately. Yeah, and it, Christine kind of sort of do some dusting somewhere. I mean, he walked in that bathroom with a mop and just stuck in the toilet trying to clean. This motherfucker doesn't know how to clean. Ah, oh, god damn it. Yeah, <sighs> idiots. Um. So anyway. Uh, Williams and Christine exit the elevator and we cut to Tyson frantically looking for the stairs and he bumps into Williams and Christine. Tyson tells them what happened to Richie and that the man who did it had a hole in the back of his head. Hearing this, Williams immediately begins to freak out, really <sighs> realizing that this must be the same guy that he shot and that cut off his arm. Four years ago. That's a giant leap. Huge. There's no way. There's no other connection, Nick. Oh, like you're telling me no other person in the world might have a hole in their head for some other random now, reason? I, I have to. Did he go into the description a little more deeply? I don't recall. No, he just said he was a. I don't think he said he was a big guy. He just said he was a guy with a hole in his head. As far as I remember, that's all he said. Because he's a little more descriptive. He's like, he's a giant man with a bald head. And a hole. That, yeah. Maybe. Then Maybe, you'd be like, but hmm. I, don't, I do not remember him saying. So if he did, I will correct myself. And say it's a little more probable. I don't, remember but that I don't hear him saying that either. So I still stand by that. It's a massive jump for Williams to make that, oh my God, this is Jacob Goodnight from four years ago. Right. There's there's really no no way he would make that connection. 
Uh, he tells him that the girl he saved had religious tattoos, and that may be the reason why Kane didn't kill her um, like he did all the others. And then Christine pipes up, mentions, oh, Kira has religious tattoos as well. Oh, my goodness. Oh. That's pretty shitty. Yeah, that's that's, that's lazy writing. All loot, like... Let's just go with it, sure. Because I again, when when I think back to the opening scene, I don't remember seeing tattoos on that girl that they find in the church at all. She had them on her wrists. Did she? Okay. Yeah, on I, her I, wrists. I, I did like see that on the under parts of her wrists. Very hard to see. Still, like little I, crosses. All right. I'm not gonna say they're if, if they're there, they're there. Kane could have seen him. He does examine yeah. a lot. Of, I'm not gonna argue that if they did show him, then okay, I I remove I yeah I remove so my good. argument. Yeah. Um. So. Um, Williams, but, but they didn't talk about that before ever. No, they, they just, didn't mention just it at all. Suddenly throw this out there. They, what they, what I would like to have done then was like when the news reporter is going over, it's like they could the news reporter drops like you know, uh, police suspect that she was up alive due to her like religion. Just one little line that reporter yes. you could drop in the yes. news report would have instantly connected all this and boom, problem solved. No confusion, no weird, stupid leap of logic here. Right. So because it, it that's exactly what it feels like. Yeah, it feels very clunky. Yeah, it's like. Okay, here's happening. It's like, hey, we're just gonna make it felt Keep so in mind, made it's up. It's written by a guy who writes for WWE. <laughs> it's and true. That's the right. Yeah. <laughs> this is time to shine. I mean, come on, we're both big wrestling fans, but the writing is yes. never <laughs> not exactly Oscar worthy writing there. Right, <laughs> Emmy. WWE Raw has never won an Emmy. I don't think <laughs> for writing. That's a good point. I mean, uh, what May Young did give birth to a hand, a I believe, hand. from yes. sexual chocolate, chocolate Mark Henry. So Hall, now Hall of Famer. No way. He was in the Hall of Fame this year. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, good on you, sexual chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So yeah. So Williams uh, tells the kids to get the fuck out of here. Gives Christine a taser. And he, he's like, you guys, I'm going after Kira. He he starts going out. He gets about five steps away from them. When the hook, we see uh, Kane's hook come down from the ceiling. And he hooks it up through Williams, like up to the bottom of Williams' chin. So the hook goes up through his chin, like out his mouth. And then he gets, anyway, one yank. Williams just gets pulled up through the ceiling and just disappears from sight. Fucking fish hooked. Fish hooked. Like straight up fishing. Like, yeah. <laughs> he like, went fishing for Williams. Without any bait. Yeah. You know, <laughs> just throws a raw hook out there, empty hook, naked hook. And throws he got it out, <laughs> zoop, Perfectly through the jaw. Yanks him in the ceiling. He gets off a few shots. You hear pop, pop, pop. In the ceiling. Yeah. Christina and Tyson take a few steps toward the hole they disappears in. Uh, calling out for Williams, and then his dead body just comes crashing through the hole down to the floor, again bleeding from the face, eyes missing. So Kane works fast to get those fast. eyes out. And again, great clean technique, very clean. My goodness, yeah. There's like no damage to like the orbital socket. The eye is gone. Man, he's um, he's almost got scalpel fingernails. Yeah. You know, just that guy sh- should be an, uh, an eye surgeon, man. Get that guy in the hospital. <laughs> All he really does well is remove. <laughs> Well, if you need it removed. I'm sure there's some instances where you have to have an eye removed for some reason. I'm sure he's your guy then. Maybe like you know, you maybe if you're getting an eye, you know, an eye donation from a donor. Ooh, eye transplant. Yeah. You have yeah. to have one removed. He can there. come in and just do the removal while somebody else does the insert. Perfect. <laughs> there you go. Perfect. There's his niche and he could he'd probably make butt tons of money off of that. And not have to live in a shitty rundown hotel. <laughs> right? <laughs> so um, you can finally take a shower. Yeah. So Christine takes William's gun, and she intends. Which I also have a problem with. Yes, it's a horror movie; they want to write it, but correctional officers, especially in juvie, don't carry guns. I'd be surprised if they even had a fucking taser allowed in them. 
especially like well nowadays yes but in 2006 i still don't think they have guns and tasers in juvenile correction facilities i i don't know they might have mace i don't they, i don't even think they have nightsticks anymore like they are like what correction officers are allowed to carry and use is so re- limited and restrictive now that they're not even like especially when there's problems in those in correction facilities and jails correction officers if it gets too hard they don't even do it. they call in like the, the basically the jail SWAT team and they come in and handle this shit so the riot squad the riot squad yeah you know they all have a different name but uh the fact that he is a gun is I kind of overlooked the taser but a gun no way would he have a gun um anyway so back to the party group they enter the penthouse which is this filthy and we see Kane in his lair as Zoe lights up a joint and we also get a shot of Kira gagged and she's strung up to a wall like in a crossface between the rooms yeah uh, excuse me. Very kind of reminded me of um. <laughs> it reminded me of two different things, and the very opposite. <laughs> One kind of reminded me of people under the stairs where they're crawling through the the house. Yes. And then it reminded me of the episode of Bob's Burgers, where Bob gets stuck in the crawl space and it's a take. It becomes a takeoff of The Shining. <laughs> I have not seen that. <laughs> yeah, very drastically, but it reminded me of those two. <laughs> that's um, a big, that's big an odd leap. leap. Okay, o- odd leap. Uh, so uh, Russell and Melissa basically instantly go off together to go have sex. As he watched Kane rubbing his fingers over Kira's tattoos while having all these flashbacks of him as a boy. Uh, he then tosses her over his shoulder and carries her off. And as he passes through a doorway, once again, he just whips her into yeah. the wall, knocking her out cold. <laughs> and again, it's done with such force and so fast. It's awesome looking. I mean, it's brutal. I can't say that enough. We're gonna say, I say that a lot. I know, but I have, it's, it's awesome. Um, Russell and Melissa, they enter like what they call the maid's quarters, apparently. And they start making out one of the dusty, dirty beds, which just looks gross. Like, I don't know if I want to have sex on those beds at all. Like, yeah. I, I guess maybe if you're locked up and that's your choice, like, that to nothing. Yeah, I get it. But I don't, girls, especially a girl, but I, I could see a guy like, fuck it, I don't care. But a girl like, I'm not having sex on that bed. Man, she wants that DDA, man. Guess, she wants that man. deep dick action. Oh, I'm going to have sex on like, the couch or the floor than those beds they were disgusting but anyway this coming from a man who broke a toilet having sex really we're gonna say that on air really i think we've talked about it before no i don't think we have Uh at all we've talked about it but now yeah thanks for this well that's out there (laughs) yeah (laughs) so don't you tell me about gross places and having sex there was a clean toilet in the hotel room (laughs) and the lid was down thank you very much Boom, roasted. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah. Uh, Kira wakes up locked in a cage in Kane's lair. Looking around, she spots a few other dead bodies, bloody hooks, a wall of bells all attached to wires and strings, and then Richie, who's strung up and unconscious. She also find, finds Hannah's dead body in there as well. Kane enters, walks up to Kira. Richie wakes up. Kane sees this, goes over to him. He grabs Richie's face and just begins to rip out his eyes while he's still... And again, his hand is so big on Richie's face. I mean, this really gives you a good idea of how big he is. I know I've already talked about it, but it it is awfully striking. It's impressive, too. Uh, So he rips out Richie's eyes. So Richie's chained up to the wall, unconscious. Like, he's saving him for later. Yeah. Right? Okay. So when he wakes up, he's like, oh... 
forgot about you. I gotta rip your eyes out. I forgot about that. It was just kind of strange. Why do you even go through the trouble of stringing him up if it's like, oh, he's awake. Now I get his eyes. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. I can't agree with you on that. Yeah, that's, it's, it's a little weird. Yeah, like, I, I get it if he's strung up. He might have something for him later. Yeah. Or if he's unconscious and he was already fucked up, just kill. Like, doesn't yeah, it make more sense to just do your thing and... Yeah, yeah just, I, I agree. Why go weird. through the trouble of changing? Like we, him I up. get, whole, you know, keeping Kira alive if he did it with the because we saw him keep the other girl alive already. We oh see yeah, that. yeah. I get that, but yeah, it is a little weird that why is Richie still alive at this point and 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 chained up. Other yeah. than the only reason he's alive is basically just for them that write this scene that oh he does it in front of Kira or something like that. Yeah, it, it just didn't make a. I agree. I, 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 I didn't get it. I don't yeah. get it either. Uh, we jump back to Mike and Zoe. Zoe gets a call from her sister on the cell phone she stole from Hannah. And tells her sister to save this number. Now, I'm actually really happy to see that the cell phones work here. And they don't use the tired old, oh, we don't have any cell phone oh, reception, no reception. Bullshit. So, I was actually very glad that in this world, like, yes, cell phones are real. Yes, because they're in a city that they would have cell phones. Right. So, they include that. I was glad. I'm like, cool. Good on you, movie. Here. Uh, Kane has dragged Kara out of the cage and pins her up against the wall uh, in... I think the shower at this point. I'm not sure. Again, he runs his fingers over yeah, she, her cross he, necklace, and he's hearing these voices in his head. And this voice enrages him to the point where he rips off Kira's top shirt and then forces her underneath the shower head. And again, we get a flashback of Kane as a little boy being abused in the same way by his mother who tells him to open his eyes so he can she can wash away the sins. And she's holding his face under running water. It's almost like waterboarding-esque kind it, of thing. It kind of know? is, yeah. Um, and while his head's under being held underneath the shower head. So he Kane pins care up against the shower wall, lifts up her shirt, and, and he sees the back tattoos again. He starts running his fingers over them. We cut back to Russell and Melissa still making out in the bed. The camera pans down, and we see that a wire is attached to the bed spring, which we follow the wire, and it leads all the way back to Kane's lair, and it's attached to one of the bells on the wall. The bell starts, starts ringing. kind of gently starts ringing. And you know what? I liked this. I liked this because it helped explain the locations. Yes. Because underneath each bell, it's it had a like a number. little room number yeah. or a location of exactly. what's going on. And I liked this because in so many horror movies, lots of times the killer just jumps out and is there or just happens to be perfectly timing right walking around the corner when the victim is there. Yeah. This helps explain it. Gives a little bit of... It explains a lot of it. It helps. I was like, I like oh, that. I, I liked it too. I liked it a lot. The overall idea, liked it. Yeah. There's a few... Now, it doesn't explain why he shows up to get Hannah and Richie because they don't, they don't trip wires, but Richie maybe because he's just running blindly. He's being loud. Doesn't explain Hannah. Uh, the, the only problem I have with this one is that it's attached to a bed spring, which in a room full of other beds, and this is the only one that has a wire on it. Mm. So you're banking on your odds, you know, a very low chance that who's going to get on this one bed, particularly to set it off. Plus the fact that who would be on really, I guess the hobos could sleep on the bed, but I mean, it's been. Like, it's a weird place to put one of these wires. I get, like, maybe a doorknob to one of the rooms that would open. That would make more sense to me because everybody's going to go in and out of the room. Not everybody's going to lay on that one bed particularly. Plus the fact that they've been already on the bed before the bell started ringing. So that bell should have been ringing earlier as soon as they got on the bed. And this is, like, five minutes later. They're still on it. it 
there's a little it's nitpicking, I guess, but there's some there's some loopholes here that don't make sense. I have an explanation for why they picked that bed. Okay. Because Kane left giant cane logs and all the other ones. <laughs> you shit the bed. There's so like, I'll poop in this one, poop in this one, poop in this one. They only have to fuck on this one. <laughs> Again, at that point, I think I think I just leave that room. <laughs> a giant. <laughs> if there are just giant tits with all the bed tits turds on all the beds except for one, I'm like, I'm just leaving that room. Yeah. <laughs> like, we can find another place. That's my only explanation. That room's gonna stink, and nothing's yeah. sex sexier than just smell shit when you're trying to have sex and get sexy time. So you got a point. <laughs> um. Anyway, where were we? Uh, blah blah blah. Oh, the bells. Uh, yeah, hearing the bells, Kane. Locks Kira back in the cage, and he leaves. He goes off after them. While making out, Melissa notices a very large mirror up against the wall. She mentions that there's something weird about it. So Russell gets up to go have a closer look, and he just instantly notices, like, hey, that's a two-way mirror. And then that's yeah, when yeah. I was like, <laughs> was like, how do you know that that quickly? Here's the whole thing about this is you're not supposed to know. Well, obviously, if yeah, it's in a police station, you know that. But yeah. you know, and why would you think that's a two-way mirror in this hotel of all places? It's a little, again. But that's when a light turns on behind the mirror to reveal Kane's massive silhouette. Massive silhouette. <laughs> Sarah Samples will appreciate this one. Not, and maybe a few other people. Very family opera-esque, if you've ever yes. seen the show. Very, comes out from the mirror, the two-way mirror. Kane smashes through the mirror, just like walks through it. It's awesome looking. As Russell and Melissa try, they, they sprint out of the room. Uh, they haul ass down the hallway. Kane charging after him. That's another thing. He Kane runs this movie, which yeah. is even scary. Like this fucking massive man, like running at him, like oh shit. Again, he uses his body very well. Very well. But, like, like, yeah, but like, chalk up that wrestling man. He uses mm-hmm. his body very. He knows how to use his body. Yeah, it's he's great. he's. Swift, yeah, for such a huge man, and even which is in one the reason ring. Why I love Kane so much in the ring. As yeah, he's, he's one of the I think very underrated big men of all time. Absolutely, he sh- he'll definitely be a Hall of Famer when he's done. Uh, but everyone's saying Undertaker mm. and Iron Giant. Iron Giant in his day, I we never saw when we saw Iron Giant, he was old, slow, and he was he declined very poor, Andre. dilapidated. So yeah. that's the memories I have of Andre, and I was like, he's I get why he's famous, but man, he sucked when we saw him. But Kane. Was so big and so fluid and agile. Jumps off jumps the top. Up. He's rope. doing like diving clothes off the top rope forever. Forever. He's done drop kicks too. Yeah, I've seen I mean, him do he, drop kicks. And it, like in the late nineties, yeah. he was doing fucking drop kicks. A three hundred plus pounder doing drop kicks. Yeah, he bumps, he falls. I mean, he moves so well for a man of his size. It's so impressive. Suicide dives the ropes. He I did, think he's and, done that. Yeah. 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 He's done that. I mean, he doesn't do it often anymore. Not anymore. Yeah. But, but he's done it before. But he's. It's there. It you see, there. he use he can use his Flashes body real well. Yeah. yeah. Um. So. Uh. Yeah. So. So. Uh, Melissa and Russell they duck into like this large like janitor's closet, and they lock themselves in, uh, trying to hide. And it seems to work for now. They they seem to have seem to have lost them. Inside that closet is this large window. Uh, Russell opens the window, and says that they can climb down to the atrium from here. Uh, he finds his old fire hose on the shelves, wraps around Melissa to like make a harness and he starts using it to lower her down right off the bat I'm thinking die hard Nakatomi building <laughs> <laughs> Melissa goes out the window after some you know like I don't know if I can do this some hesitation but she gets she, over her fear pretty quick pretty, well I hope so if I'm in that yeah. like fuck it I'm going out that window yeah let's get this I'd rather die from a fall than have that motherfucker do something to me yeah the f- fall be more faster for probably <laughs> um I want to keep my and plus, eyes. Plus, the fact that fall, you know, no, you might, you know, you, you all, really all you have to do 
you don't even have to go all the day. You just have to go down one flight. Just get into the next window and That's go true. in. That's yeah. um, But you, that, which would have made more sense for them to do, just go down one floor and get away. But they try to lower all the way down to the atrium. Uh, Russell begins to lower it down. He, she, he gets her about halfway down. She starts panicking again. So, hey, stop, stop, stop. I can't do this. So he stops. She's, you know, she's, so she's now she's just being held midair about, I don't know, six stories up or something like that. Uh, or four. I don't know. She's, she's left there dangling for a bit. She calls out for Russell, like, help me, you know, do something. Do something. Uh, gets no response. Um, and then very, then very easily she starts getting pulled back up very, very fluid. smoothly, fluid. very smoothly. Yeah. And that's when we see Kane pulling her up with ease. She screams. She's struggling. He's got this stupid smile. Yeah, on his face. Like, he's, <laughs> he's like, yeah, I got you. Bitch. I love the smile. Oh on man, his you're face. you're so fucked. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> love it. This is so great. <laughs> uh, Kane reaches out to grab her, but she kind of wiggles out of his reach. The fire hose loosens around her waist. She falls, but the hose then tightens ar- around her ankles, leaving her dangling upside down. Melissa is screaming for Kane to put her down. So let me Kane, go, let me go, put me down. So Kane abides. He starts slowly lowering. He's like, he's just lowering her down like a gentleman here. He's lowering her down. Like a, like a gentleman. Like a gentleman. But then he just says, fuck it, and releases the hose. <laughs> he's got he's got both hands on the hose, slowly lower down, and he just like, boop. <laughs> both hands go, let's go. Basically into a jazz hands position. Yeah. <laughs> she crashes down. Melissa plummets down, crashes headfirst through the glass ceiling of the atrium. But she stopped just short enough that she she doesn't hit the floor. But however, her arms, which are dangling below above her, her head, head yeah. or above her head, uh, they smash with this wet, wet thudding sound into the broken glass on the floor, which just shreds her right arm. Uh, it's pretty gross sounding. It's a compound fracture. Yeah, she she breaks. She her hand smashes in the ground. Yeah, and it breaks her arm, and she's bleeding profusely from her arm. And she's got glass sticking out because of broken glass. Yeah, and floor. she's dangling above the ground. Yeah. just just inches above the ground. Inches above. Dangling above, bleeding all over the place, yeah. screaming, and uh, it's pretty pretty intense. It is pretty. Meanwhile, Kane's kneeling over dead Russell, and he starts removing his eyes. Somehow, too. Russell. We don't know how Russell no, got killed, dead. but he's dead. We go back to Kira, and that stray dog we saw earlier comes back out of the shadows, and it walks up to Kira, sniffing. Kira's like, oh, hey, boy, you know, something like that. Uh, the dog sniffs her a bit and then starts licking up the pool of blood that's formed underneath her, which is weird. I've never seen a dog lick blood, well, but I guess. mentioning he was starving. He was a starving dog. Yeah, I guess you try. Um, so then the dog begins to growl and bark. Which calls out his pack of doggy pals, yeah. which come running out of the shadows. You know what the bark was? Hey, boys, soup's on. Yeah. The <laughs> entire know? pack of dogs. There's like a good five or six of these things. They just attack Kira, bite into her, and just rip her apart. Yeah, they just basically eat Ooh. Kira dangling there. That's a bad one. That's a bad That's one. That's a bad one. Um, we jump back. That'd be an awful way to go. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Uh, jump back to Mike and Zoe, who are trying to open a door to a stairwell, but they can't. So they try the elevator. When the doors open and a swarm of flies just fly out at them, Kane appears next to Zoe, like off the side, like out of a dark hallway. Mike sees this at the last second, pushes Zoe aside, and attacks Kane. Um, but Kane, Kane swings his axe at Mike, but Mike is able to duck it, and, and the axe gets stuck in the wall. Mike's able to land some solid blows on Kane with his pipe. Yeah. He, he, he even knocks him over, knocks him down. And he knocked Kane over. Yeah. He knocked him down. And my first thought was, fucking good. Keep, you know, we always say it. 
keep, keep going. going. Yeah. But as soon as he hit the ground, he started getting back up. Yeah. And seeing him get back up and how quickly he was getting back up, he didn't have fucking time to keep going. No, my, so they, I kind of was, I was like, okay, that makes sense. You fucking run. Yeah, as soon as he went down, it, they, 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 that small little window, Mike Zoe took that chance, and they they bolted. Um, Which I was uh, very okay with. Yeah. Uh, they make a run for it. Kane gets up, grabs his axe, goes after him. But Mike and Zoe have once again ducked into one of the many numerous rooms in the hotel, losing Kane. Kane goes down the hall, opening every door he comes to. He enters room 910, searches everywhere for them, but comes up empty. I mean, he's lifting up the beds, yeah. opening up every closet. Looking everywhere. And you can see there's frustration building yeah. on his face. He's doing a good job. Very of, good job. Uh, yeah. Especially for a man whose entire wrestling career is behind a mask. Right? Yeah, I mean yeah. he's where he's doing a. I gotta tip my cat, man. Yeah, uh, which was, I'm also glad to see that they didn't put him in a mask in this movie. <laughs> and I'm, I'm glad they yeah, didn't do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we see Zoe hiding like in a hole in the closet wall or something like in the closet, and she's covered up by like trash and debris. Kane gives up the search, leaves the room, but as soon as he takes like two steps out the door into the hallway, he hears the cell phone ringing. Because remember, Zoe yep. said, remember to save this number and call me later. She's got the cell phone. Kane goes back into the room, throws open the closet door, finds Zoe, who, for some reason, I didn't find... When she's first in there, she's, she's hiding she's, in, like, a hole in the wall, covered yeah. degree. But when he opens his door, she's standing up and playing sight. Like, <laughs> bitch! <laughs> even if you had the cell phone, why get out, like, worst yeah. case is take a phone and, like, chuck the phone away and right. then stay in the hiding spot. Like... Don't just stand there in the wide open. Yeah. But, uh, so, yeah, he grabs her by the hair, pulls her out of the closet while having more flashbacks, this time of being locked in a cage, while his mom scolds him for having nudie mags that feature pretty blonde women, and it just so happens that Zoe is a beautiful blonde. So Kane takes the ringing cell phone, shoves it down Zoe's throat using the palm of his hand, and we see the outline of the phone as it goes down her throat, lodging itself like right in her neck. Right. Zoe just falls over dead. Kane drags her body's way. Was she dead because she fell over and she's still like kind of clasping at her throat, grabbing she at died. her throat. I think she's slowly suffocating. She's, she's yeah, yeah. I mean, she, but because we never see her again. That's true. So she had she, she she dies. She might yeah. she suffocates. I mean, that's how you would die. You would you would just suffocate. I, yeah. Um, she falls over dead. Kane drags her away as Mike watches all this from his hiding spot. Yeah, way to go, Mike. Yeah, back hey. to Tyson and Christine, who are frantically arguing about what to do. They hear someone coming, thinking it's Kane. Uh, Tyson tells her to shoot him, shoot him. So she turns around, fires a gun, barely missing Mike as he runs around the corner. Christine finds a tripwire then after accidentally setting it off. Uh, and like the previous wire, you know, this one also connects to a bell in Kane's lair. Um, they hear the sounds of heavy footsteps coming from above them, as well as dust it's and dirt dust falling. And falling. And so, Kane, it's, it's this is a weird. It, it, we're getting a weird mixed message here. Yeah, it seems like Kane is so big and massive, and he makes so much. He's so big. He's you can hear boom, boom, boom. And in other moments, he's like quiet as a cat. Yeah, I agree so. with you. Uh, I, I thought, yeah, there was some miss. Yeah, you said it very well. So I won't. I won't either. Yeah, it was right. just kind of like. All right, is he is he quiet as a cat or is he fucking behemoth? You know, maybe he's both. He is what he he is what he wants to be. He he when he wants to be loud, intimidating, he's on. Here I come, boom boom boom. <laughs> um, so, uh, the elevator. They see the elevator begin to descend. So the three of them they get back. They know they stand the red to attack. Uh, Christine has the gun. Tyson has the the taser, and, and Mike has his pipe. 
Um, so the radio attack came as soon as the doors open. But when the doors open, there's nothing there except for more flies. That's when Kane comes bursting through the fucking wall like a murderous Kool-Aid man. <laughs> he attacks Christine, knocks her to the floor. And when he bursts through this wall, again, loved it. Looks great. Yeah. Uh, Mike leaps in, swinging his pipe, which lands, and now which leads to a very brief like sword fight almost because he's got the pipe. It's a pipe versus fire axe. Fire. It's it's good too. Yeah, it's very brief though, uh, because Kane basically instantly overpowers him uh, and disarms Mike, then smashes Mike against the wall before throwing him with one arm into a large mirror. I mean, Kane pretty much just shot puts Mike into this mirror, and again, it looks great. It does. Um. Tyson and Christine try to escape in the elevator, but Kane uses his axe to cut the power to the elevator by like hacking up like the low control, like the little yeah, button. The button you push to summon the elevator. He's he short I don't know if that would really. I again, I didn't have a problem with it. Though. I didn't have a problem with it, but it made, you know, if you stop thinking about like, would that really work? I don't know, but no. I didn't have a problem with it either. Yeah, it's like any action movie or any horror movie when if they're locked in somewhere, and it's like shoot the control or panel. Every Star Wars movie, yeah. they, they have to escape <laughs> with stormtroopers shoot the panel, shoot and the, the doors panel. close. Well, obviously, <laughs> that's what closed. you do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they're stuck in the elevator, but they escape through the hatch in the elevator ceiling. When's the last time you saw a fucking hatch in an elevator? You know, I don't know. I don't really look up. It's I always do. I always look for the hatch. There's never a fucking hatch. You know, I don't think no. there have to be one for safety reasons. No. That makes to me that's bad. Then I thought there, there should better be a hatch for safety reasons. No, we're all fucked. <laughs> <laughs> we're all fucked. We're all fucked. Uh, so, uh, they come out on the next floor up and begin frantically looking for Kira, and they're shouting out for. Her. They enter a hallway that is just lined with various dead bodies. I'm, again, I'm guessing more just dead hobos. Just like, there's like buys upon buys lying in this hallway. <laughs> dead hobos. Dead hobos. <laughs> um, they hear Kira scream for help as they notice the elevator is starting to come back up towards them. Hobo row. And in, in like two seconds, record time, Tyson pulls out his paper clip and unlocks a door and they rush in. Yeah, just like, there's no way it could be that easy to pick a lock with a paper clip. Just kidding. And especially, I'm thinking these locks are so old. These are locks that had like the old, like thick keys. Not not like the ones like the, the uh, tumblers and what are they like the tumbler locks that you see nowadays. That may I don't think you could pick these locks with a paperclip. Well, you know he's related to Jill Valentine, her the, the master, master of, of unlocking. unlocking, a descendant of that. <laughs> yes, he is. Yeah. <laughs> nice reference. Nice thank call you. Back there. Thank you. Uh, so they find themselves in a room where the walls are covered in money. And Tyson's like, damn, Richie, you were, there really was a safe. You were right. And we see the old safe, which has been emptied, sitting there. It's a massive steel safe. While Tyson's occupied with all the money on the walls, Christine spots a table that's just full of various sized glass jars. Each jar is filled with this dark yellow liquid. Looks like piss. Exactly right. It looks more like piss. Uh, and they're filled with, and each jar has human eyeballs in it. I don't know if it's supposed to be formaldehyde. But if it is, it looks more like piss. It just looks like jars of piss with eyes in it. You know what? He does have to piss somewhere. There's no point. Maybe he's just pissing these jars. And he's Could like, be. fuck it. I'll keep the eyeball. The piss will keep the eyeballs wet from drying out. <laughs> you know, maybe that's what it is. Maybe. Uh, God, that would stink. I, again, I'm seeing this whole house, ho- ho- hotel probably stinks. There's so much stinkiness going yeah. on. Uh, they find Kira locked in a cage and she tells him where the keys are, but... 
Before she, they get, they hear Kane coming and have to leave her behind so to go hide. So Kane has different rooms to his lair. His lair is pretty pimp. It's, it's got like several rooms. Like a pimp house. Yeah, he's got like the the eyeball display. Yeah, like museum eyeball museum in one room, and then he's got like his torture chamber. Yeah, in another his room, cage his room, cage room, and his, with the bells. Yeah, it's a big fucking lair. He's got a big lair. Like no one else has a lair this big. It's a big. proper cure lair, man. Yes. he's baller. He he's is a baller lair. He is. He's 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 pimped his lair. It may pimped be the, my lair. It's probably the best lair we've seen in any of the movies we've done. Yeah. So it puts Leprechaun's tree lair to shame. Oh, yeah. Uh, the fucking voyeur from uh, Playing With Dallas, a little dark cave. Yeah. Puts that to shame. Totally. Uh, fucking, I don't know, what other lairs have we done? Oh, well. Uh, Charlie's Farm, the underground lair that he has That there. one wasn't bad. That, that wasn't, was pretty decent. That wasn't bad. But, but not big and spacious. This is way more the, pimp. Way He's more got pimp. money on the walls. He does. He's <laughs> <just> <laughs> balling. <laughs> that one room looks like a fucking, like, what was like, sports bar where just dollar bills pouring yes, all over the wall. Yes, yes, yes. Like, if you're a local listener, you like Jefferson's, or I think Show Me's used to do that. Like Hooters, or places, Hooters in the past did that. In I mean, the past, yeah. Places have done this before. You know the place. You know yeah, the you place. You know those fucking bars, bars yeah. with chicks with their tits out giving you wings. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so they go off to hide. Uh, Christine tells Tyson they have to draw Kane out, and this is their only chance. Meanwhile, Kane's standing in front of the cage looking at Kira, and he begins, and he starts rubbing his junk dude, over his pants. Dude, I mean, whoo, he has got it for this girl. He is so into Kira. Yeah. Like, he, that's that's all he's thinking about. And he's just standing in front of her, looking at her, and just starts rubbing reaching away. his hand. And she's like, ew, gross. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't do that, you pervert. <laughs> uh, this cues more flashbacks. Uh, Kane then grabs the keys to the cage and is about to unlock it when he gets distracted by the sound of breaking glass coming from the other room. It's funny because he's like, why am I rubbing myself off? I got it right here. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, Not looking good. Yeah, I mean, that's the that's the, the impression you get. Like, he's just like, fuck it. Like, I'm why am I rubbing one out? I can just do what I want to do. Yeah. Um, so we cut to Tyson who's smashing the glass eyeball jars. Hearing Kane coming, Tyson hides behind the large safe. Christine sneaks back into Kane's lair, uh, but Kira tells her that he took the keys with him. So she tries to pick the lock with a knife she finds. Wouldn't it be a better idea to send Tyson in there, the master of unlocking? Yeah. yeah. And let her distract Kane? Yeah. That's a great point. That's yes, it would have been better. A huge great That's like a major oversight. Yeah. Why didn't they do it? Unless they're saying, oh, we want the man to be like risk himself to be the distraction so to save the girl. That's, Which, he... that's the only thing I think of. But really... Yeah, smash some glass, take off hiding, send the guy who can actually unlock the cage in there. Yeah. That's the smart thing to do. Brilliant. Um, <laughs> so, anyway, uh, where were uh, Yeah, she picks up. Kane finds Tyson hiding behind the safe. Tyson leaps up, lunges at Kane with a taser, trying to tase him, but Kane catches Tyson's arm, with and using his superior strength, he just overpowers Tyson, forcing Tyson's arm to bend back towards him. And basically, Tyson ends up shocking himself in the neck with the taser. Again, pretty good looking. It's, it looks good. And he's screaming in pain and he's and getting again, electrocuted. Just because of his sheer size, very believable. Especially when he does it with one arm. Yeah, it, it very believable. Looks great. Uh, Kane then uses his the massive safe to pin Richie against the wall. Not satisfied with that. He then begins repeatedly smashing the safe up against Tyson. He's like, wham, 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 crushing him between the safe and the wall. Tyson goes limp. He dies. Dead. The door to his lair begins to open. So Christine leaves Kira again to go hide. The door opens this time and in comes Margaret. 
Breathing a sigh of relief, Kira calls Margaret over to help her out. Kane enters, slamming the door behind him. And Margaret's like, watch out! Or no, not Margaret. I'm yeah, sorry. Margaret Kira, turns yeah. to Kane and says, I want to... And Margaret says again, I want to know what, why that whore is still alive. A confused Kira says, you know him? And Margaret tells Kira that it's pretty not much of a surprise at this point, but that's my son. He's the hand of God. Margaret reveals that she didn't bring them here to help her clean up the mess. And we get another flashback. This one shows Margaret in a nice large bed. Reading a news story. Obviously not this hotel. So it's, she like lives somewhere nice and she leaves Kane to rot in this shitty ass hotel. No, it's, it's, they go back to it later. It's the, is it the, it's hotel? the hotel? She just has a proper she just room. Has a really nice she has room a good room. Okay, I yeah. missed that part then. Okay. So she's reading um, a newspaper and the article she's reading is, is the officer we see briefly in the like opening about Officer Williams leaving the police force and becoming a correctional officer. And that this is all ruse to get Williams here uh, for hurting Kane years ago, and that Kira and the other sinful kids were just a bonus. So all this was just to get to Officer Williams. Which they did which really they did early in the movie. Really <laughs> early. Uh, which is also kind of like, how would you know Williams would be the one that would show up these kids? Right. I mean, yes. The they, one-armed security. Like, we already like established I, he should be working behind a desk. Yeah, and like, even if she is like the one making the call, say, hey, I'd like to do an outreach program, there's no guarantee that the correctional facility would send Williams there. Right. Like this is like you know, a big gamble that the chances are very similar. This would all line up perfectly for her. Um, Margaret tells Kane that God has told him what to do and leads Kane back over in front of the cage. Kane's starting to freak out, not knowing what to do as both Margaret and Kira are telling him conflicting things. And there's a great juxtaposition here of this little old woman just berating this behemoth of a man, yeah. and he's cowering. He is. He's cowering. He's scared of her. You can. He, his body language is very well done again because he doesn't have really any speaking lines for the most part. He's holding the bottom of his shirt like a little kid would. Yeah. His his shoulders are hunched up. His head's tucked down. He's averting his gaze. It's good. He's it doing a good job of just using his body language to totally transform from a killing machine to a scared child. Yes. He's uh, doing a good job. Kira pulls out the starts reminding him about her religious tattoos. That, hey, you like my tattoos? Remember my tattoos? Something like that. <laughs> Check it out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Margaret counters saying that tattoos are blasphemy. Kane seems on the verge of a breakdown and almost crying at this point. He pulls away from Margaret, but she's relentless. And she keeps pushing him towards the cage, saying that he's judge, jury, and executioner. This whole time, Kane's having flashbacks to the abuse he suffered at the hand of his mother when he was a boy. And apparently he got a lot a of lot abuse. A lot of it. And he's locked in the cage, basically waterboarded, all, a lot of abuse. She keeps pointing at his dick and calling it filthy. She's like, I see what you're doing with that filthy thing. Yeah. It's like, oh, God. Uh, Kane pulls away from Margaret, fed up. He sa- uh, She says that she'll do, do it for him. So Margaret picks up the gun that was left on the table. And whoa, whoa, seriously here? Like, Christine left the fucking gun? Are you kidding me? That's one thing I would never let out of my grip if I was stuck in this situation. Even if I needed two hands for something, I wouldn't put the gun down. I'd just maybe tuck it into the waistline of my pants or figure something else out. Yeah. But there's no fucking way I would put down the gun in this situation. This is where I had some confusion. Okay. okay? So, <clears throat> I had the same thought. I'm like, where the... F- whoa, whoa, how did she get the gun? Where did she just seize the gun there? She's like, okay, cool, I got the gun. So... Did she, when she was trying to get her out of the cage, did she put yes. the gun down, 
Or my other thought was, and I wasn't sure, maybe you can help me with this, that scene when he, you know, when he gets off the elevator and he bursts at the wall and she tries, she pops off one shot, but he knocks her back. No. Did she drop the gun and he collected it later? Well, one, we never see him collect the gun. No, we my, don't. My the, my, I think she left it on the floor by the cage when she was trying to lock, because that does show her holding the lock in one hand, the knife in the other. So I'm guessing she put the gun down there. That's the only, but still... No way would I put the gun down. Put Never. that shit in your pants. Ever. Or, you know, it's, you know at this point, you, you, it'd be a risky move, but if you're desperate, tell Kara, scoot back, shoot the fucking padlock off, get her out and book it, you know, and run. But don't put the gun down. And another thing, wouldn't the mom go, uh, where the fuck did this gun come from? That's another good point. Yeah, yeah. it's like, well, this isn't your gun, Kane. Yeah. Whose gun is this? <laughs> Who brought it? Where... What's going on? Is there someone else in here? <laughs> you yeah. Know? Um, so Margaret drags the barrel of the gun across the cage. All and, intimidating. And, yeah, fucking with Kira. And she's about to shoot Kira when Kane steps up, grabs Margaret's arm, and, f- you know, flinging her arm back. The gun flies out of her hands and lands right in front of Christina, who's basically just hiding underneath, like, a coat or a blanket or yeah, something like at this some, point. Yeah, like, yeah, it's like blankets. Um. Kane forces Margaret to her knees. She's still ranting him about sinners and doing his job. More flashbacks. This one shows us up shows of a girl tied to a bed again in like a, a slip or something like that. Well, Kane's sitting with his, his baby Kane, ba- young baby Kane, Kane, not Kane, not baby, but like you know, yeah. we'll say 12, 14 yeah. down there in his underwear, sitting in a chair in the facing corner, the wall. facing the yeah. wall, facing the corner. Margaret rips the eyes out of this girl tied to the bed and holds the eyeball up in fr- right in front of Kane's face. Like, like rant- holding his face, putting this eyeball in his face. It's like, yeah. God damn. We go back to the present. Kane begins to weep now. He starts crying. He lifts Margaret back to her feet, and for the first time, he speaks, saying, I see it. And with that, then Kane throws Margaret across the room. <clears throat> Excuse me. And she gets impaled on these spikes that are just perfectly sticking out of the walls. Now, why this wall has these three long spikes sticking out of it, I have no fucking clue. No. It's very out of place. Yeah. Very, it's, very out of place. It's a little bizarre. It's like, but, why would this hotel have spikes coming out of the wall? But goddamn, is it awesome. And these spikes are between what looked like two makeshift confessional booths, which I do like the idea of that, though. That's pretty cool and unique. That they add those into his twisted lair. So that's cool. But it's just these, and it's just so weird these spikes are in the wall. And they're like a perfect, like, column yeah. down. But it's cool. Uh, Kane starts screaming. He's enraged and, and, and anger and confusion. Seems like an opportune time to grab the gun and start shooting. He unlocks the cage, pulls Kira out, and carries her out of the room. Taking his axe with him. It's going to get sexy. (laughs) Uh, Christine grabs a gun and fouls him, but quickly loses sight of them. Again, I don't know how that's possible, but... Hey, the big man moves fast. And if there are are secret passages and ways, you know, whatever. We get flashes of Kane now rocking back and forth, having more flashbacks. Christine fouls the sounds of music playing to one of the rooms where she finds Kane sitting on a couch, just rocking back and forth, completely zoned out. He looks like he's had like a lobotomy or something. He's gone. He's just mentally gone. Yeah. Uh, but he does have his arm around Kira's neck, and she's like half laying across his lap, basically pinning her, kind of holding her. And he is just got a thousand yard stare, yeah. not looking at, at like sh- 
She's got the gun on him. He's dead to rights, yeah. but he's not moving. He doesn't really even see her. No, he doesn't acknowledge her presence. No. He's just rocking back and forth. And so Christine starts inching closer to Kane, aiming the gun in his head, and she gets so close that the gun is nearly touching his forehead when he rocks Point forward. Point blank. Point blank. Uh, she pulls the trigger and click. Uh oh, she's out of ammo. Uh oh, spaghetti. Oh snap. <laughs> um. This, but the sound of the click snaps Kane out of his trance. Excuse me. With his free hand, Kane grabs Christine by the neck. He looks down at Kira, who's like, oh, yeah, you. And then uses <laughs> his other hand to grab Kira by the neck. And then Kane stands up and lifts both girls off their feet, a good two or three feet off the ground. And this is what I'm thinking. Double, double choke, choke slam. slam. Double I know. choke slam. I was hoping for the double <laughs> choke slam, too. Like, yes. And for those of you who don't know, that's one of Kane's signature moves. It was his finisher. It, for a while, it was his finisher. Yeah, yeah I mean, he, he he did Tombstone too. Yeah, but, but him and Undertaker both. If yeah. it wasn't his finish, if it wasn't his finisher, it was a signature move. Yeah. Regardless, he's very famous for the choke slam. Yeah, he is. So I'm thinking, here he comes. I, know, I was like, yes, double choke <laughs> But no, he just tosses Kira to the floor and then goes and pull. He then he goes to pull out one of Christine's eyes. But that's when Mike rushes into the room. Mike's back. Mike's back. Hits Kane in the back with his trusty pipe. Kane drops Christine. Knocks Mike to the floor. But Mike grabs Kane's axe off the floor. Swings it. Hitting Kane in the back of the knee. Like right in the knee pit. Kane drops to one knee. Mike grabs his pipe again. As the girls run out of the room. Mike continues to beat on Kane with the pipe. One of his strikes hits Kane in the back of the head, right in the exit wound from where William shot him years ago. This causes the wound to open up, and dozens of maggots and flies like come out of his head, which is utterly disgusting. Yeah. Uh, it would make me, maybe it's possible, but I think if you had maggots and flies in your head, I think you'd just be dead. So, like, that's your brain. I've given this a lot. I've given this some thought. It could technically be possible, sure, but. It would have to be the very beginnings of it because it's not going to last very long. Yeah, exactly. He would be dead. That would have to have been, I don't know. Now, they're not going to burrow through the skull, but it's going to cause a massive infection. Well, actually, maggots maggots are often used to help yeah. to eat gangrene and prevent infection, to help clean up wounds. Speaking of, well, now here's an interesting story. One of, the, uh, one of my Xbox uh, friends that I play a game, um, she is a... Uh, surgery tech in the ER and she actually told me one of her stories that they had to remove a foot for like gangrene or frostbite or something like that and when they took the foot off there were mag she found maggots in the toes I'm like and that's utterly disgusting so I so it can happen in the Absolutely, I get that sure. but like in the skull like I don't know man but Jesus Christ either way it's disgusting and it looks awful it's cool uh, <laughs> I don't mean it looks awful as in a bad effect it just looks like that'd be an awful thing um, anyway Mike rushes out of the room follows the girls Kane gets up, hobbles after them. He hears the sound of glass breaking, follows it to one of the rooms. When he enters, he sees that the window is open, so he goes over to look out. Turns out this was all a setup, and Kane gets ambushed by the kids. Mike jumps out, does a sweet battle roll over the bed, and then comes up hitting Kane with a pipe. Followed up by Christine breaking a vase over his Dude, head. Dude, it's insane. <laughs> It seemed like a routine, yeah. like a circus routine or something. <laughs> Here's a roll, whack, and then she comes flying on the It's so dump. choreographed. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so choreographed. It's like one after the other after the other. And he's like, ow, ow, ow. Mike starts wailing on Kane some more with the pipe. Uh, then he and Christine use a chair to push Kane out the window. 
yeah, they, they hold the chair up and they charge at him and he, it, it hits him just right. I mean, he's so big. You, but there's two of yeah. them and the four. Yeah, and it pushes absolutely. him out the open window. The three of them take a moment to catch their breath. Mike and Kira share a moment like they've like, oh, you, everything's good now between us. You okay, girl? Yeah, bullshit. But yeah. <laughs> Christine leans out the window to look for Kane's body and then wham! She gets grabbed by the wrist by Kane, who is dangling from the windowsill. Mike starts to beat Kane's hand with the pipe over and over. Yeah, and repeatedly. Over. I was like, "How many? He hit him a lot. That yeah, hand. that hand would turn to mush." Ew, uh, yeah, I was definitely. just like, hmm, "Because Kane's not letting go, though. No, he's not letting go." Uh, during this struggle, we see that for some reason the windowsill is also lined with spikes. Lined with spikes. Which- Makes me wonder, like, what just... the hell was this architect thinking when he designed this place? Why are there so many spikes in this hotel? Like, this was not a murder, history of the hotel, it was not a murder hotel back in his day. He must it's... have designed the Hellraiser puzzle box, too. Yeah, it's like, like, why are there spikes in weird... the windowsill? And it's not like it's the first floor window, so we're trying to deter, like, bars, like, to keep robbers out. Right. It's like the eighth floor inside the hotel overlooking the atrium. Spikes. Spikes. <laughs> yeah. Eventually... Kane can't take the beat anymore. He releases Christine, and when he does, his hand gets impaled on one of those spikes. Still not falling. No. Whoa, he's now he's yeah, stuck. Yeah, he's just stuck. Using his free hand, Kane starts to pull himself up and back into the room. And from here, I love this following sequence. Love it. It's fucking awesome. Christine grabs the pipe from, pipe from Mike, and with one final fuck you, she stabs the end of the pipe into Kane's left eye. Kane falls from the window, plummets eight stories with the pipe sticking out of his eye hole. During the fall, the pipe that's um, sticking out of his head repeatedly just clanks and bangs off the side of the building. Yeah, it's, it's clanging on the windowsills that are sticking out like clank, clank. And you see his head like getting thrown back and body. And he, his body flips over a couple times yeah. into the free fall. And then he crashes through the glass atrium ceiling, which this is making me wonder because it should all have been shared because... Melissa went through the glass At least thing, a portion of it. Which makes me think, that's why I thought maybe she was in the lobby and not the atrium. I, but I don't know. But in regards, she breaks through. You see her body dangling from another shot. So it's the same. Did you? It is. Okay, yeah. I totally mm-hmm. missed. I did not see that. Okay, that's cool then. All right. So it's just a big-ass atrium. Big-ass atrium. So Kane crashes through the grass atrium scene. The pipe gets caught on like part of the roof here, like one of the metal beams. And it gets stuck. And it causes Kane to spin around. And the pipe is then pulled out of his eye hole, and Kane continues his fall. He crashes to the floor, and the movie turns into like one of the X-ray attack sequences from a Mortal Kombat game. As we go <laughs> inside Kane and see his ribs crush and a and shatter as a piece of glass punctures his heart, and then we go back out of his body. So it's straight like one of the newer Mortal Kombat games, like Mortal like Kombat that. X or something. Like I that. didn't like that. Um. Christine and Kira and Mike lean out the window, looking down on Kane, whose body lays bloody, broken, and motionless below them. ten stories below. They turn to leave. Mike gets the key to the building from Margaret's dead body, which gives one little final twitch Twitch. as he takes the keys. They ride the elevator down to the lobby. Kira says to Mike that he didn't have to come back for them at all, and he replies saying, I didn't want to walk out of here alone. Uh, And with that, they head to the front door. As the camera pans down on an old hotel poster that reads, Thanks for visiting the Blackwell Hotel. Blackout, roll credits. After the first few credits roll, we go back to Kane's dead body. And the stray dog, we, the, the main stray dog we saw earlier, 
walks up to it and just pisses in Kane's eye hole. Into uh, his missing ocular cavity. Yep. Pisses into the eye hole. Roll the rest of the credits. That's the movie. Um, I will say I was I'll admit I was very surprised by the number of survivors. I thought for sure this movie would have been a one survivor only. Like, to me, it should have just been like, or one maybe or maybe the two girls, but Mike should have been dead. I, three survivors to me was way too much. I agree. I, I, I agree. didn't like that. And something I was really kind of disappointed with, it was that that scene where he's getting, like, you know, he's on the edge of the, t- the windowsill. He could have easily just reached up, grabbed Mike, and either... Put his head, push his head onto a spike and kill him. That would or be just good. Throw him out the window. Yeah, like that would yeah, be awesome. Just because that and Mike still then serves his purpose for the part of the script. He still saves the girls. Yep. Kane still dies. Yep. But he would. Die. That would be great. I would like been, that. Yeah, me too. Yeah. And that would help reduce our number of survivors. Yeah. There's, I don't think there should have been three survivors, especially Mike, who's nothing. Who was the biggest asshole? Who was the of biggest asshole? Who was the guy you thought for sure was going to get killed? Yeah. And it's not like, I guess him and Kira really made up that much. They're still going to hate each other. Really yeah. After. Like, he still was a horrible person. Yeah. There's no, the he entire movie. Yeah. Um, and he lives? Yeah. You reward that fucking, you let him live? Yeah. Boo! <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's go on to our favorite kill. Don't act like you didn't love it. Favorite kill. All right. Uh, a lot of kills. Pretty solid kill number. Pretty good effects. Aaron, what do you got this week for your favorite kill? My favorite kill was uh, the animal lover who plummeted through the atrium window, receiving the compound fracture. I like the the whole setup with Kane Holdner kind of like looking at her like, okay, I'm going to lower you. And nope. <laughs> she plummets through, <laughs> smashing through, breaking your arm. The dog comes up. The thing she loves most and trying to care for turns on her with all the pals even though they don't show her being torn apart by a pack of dogs it's still pretty horrible probably the worst way to go in my opinion being eaten to death yeah everything else yes it's gruesome but it's relatively quick that's fucking brutal yeah that's my favorite kill um that's probably my top two i have agree um my favorite i'm probably my and the first time I know never go with the killer kill, but I'm probably, I'm going with Kane. Yeah, like, uh, Kale, because I just said that was to me so awesome. Like everything he went through, the, the hand beating his hands impaled, gets impaled, pipe in the eye, fall, and then there's this clanking off the side of the building. Yeah. He falls, is awesome. Um, I love Kane, but the the but Melissa, the the dog one, was vicious and brutal and awful. That's probably my number two. But I'm gonna go with Kane this week as All my right. favorite kill. Uh, so that was quick and easy. So let's move on to odds and ends. Not only did they watch these films, they researched them too. Ugh, what is wrong with these guys? All right, IMDb, or ratings. IMDb gives it a 5.1 out of 10. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, only 8% on the thermometer. <laughs> uh, but does have a 50% audience score. 50? 50. Wow. And Amazon gives it 4 out of 5. Uh, plot keywords, there were 120 I only wrote down one of them because most of them were very basic, very, you know, you could guess them. The only one that kind of made me laugh a little bit was stupid victim was a plot keyword. So I'm like, all right, that's kind of funny, stupid victim. Uh, Trivia. Uh, I got a decent amount of trivia for this because it was a very big, you know, nationwide movie. So there's a lot of And there's so many wrestling fans. And they, you know, good in-depth smart marks, if you will. Smart marks, yeah. They they do go deep diving into stuff like this. Uh, So Glenn Jacobs... Uh, he stated that the best thing about making this movie due to this hectic amount of traveling as a professional wrestler was the opportunity it gave him to sleep in the same bed for two months. Nice. 
Uh, in the room where the money is posted on all the walls, apparently every single bill that had the eyes cut out of it. Oh, shit. I didn't notice that. Yeah, it's hard to know because it's so quick, but that's a great attention to detail. It's like, yeah. it's weird. Like, those are things they paid attention to. It's really cool. And like the, and like the, uh, the, the confessional booths. But then there's other things that made like, why didn't you pay attention to this right. detail? Um, or this writing flaw. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was mentioned in some interviews that Kane's co-stars were a little uneasy around the six foot seven tall. Uh, there, he's six foot seven. Uh, they always bill him as taller. Of he, they course they do. Him, yeah, because yeah. in the ring, he's elevated. He, he yeah. looks, yeah. He probably has risers in his shoes. Yeah. Anyway. Um, some of his co-stars were uneasy around him. Fangoria Magazine mentioned that the director had to ask Kane to remain seated during casting introduction since one of the women uh, only came up to his sternum, wouldn't come near him. She was afraid of him. <laughs> wow. Uh, Jacob Goodnight's name is actually never mentioned in the film, which is very true. It was originally included in a monologue, but the scene ran too long and it was absentmindedly cut out. So, yeah, but yeah, Kira, it's never, it was never, ever mentioned. Whoops. <laughs> uh, but at the same time, you, until you hear that, it's like, it doesn't matter. Like, it, it's not a big thing. It doesn't. It doesn't, doesn't matter what your name <laughs> is. It doesn't matter what your name is. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that, very well done there. Um, the hook and chain was initially going to be done through CGI, but Glenn Jacobs, they said it became so proficient with said hook and chain that he it was all done live instead. Wow. So and he did also did all of his own stunts in the movie, which also makes perfect sense. Yeah. Um the character of Michael was originally a neo Nazi named Machine in an earlier draft of the script. Other first draft changes include Hannah was supposed to be pregnant. Jacob Goodnight was supposedly gonna have no eyelids. Oh, Jesus Christ. And Williams was intentionally going to be featured more as a heroic character in the earlier drafts of the script. However, the filmmakers decided to kill off Williams fairly early in the movie in order to add an element of unpredictability to the story. Like Samuel L. Jackson getting killed by sharks in Deep Blue Sea. Yeah. Uh, which I kind of agree with that because you did have that sense going in, oh, this is going to be our hero, but yeah. to kill him off and does kind of change things up. Um, Director Gregory Dark originally wanted Jacob to kiss his mother right before he kills her, but that got strapped. The dust and flies were both running through CGI, as was the overcast sky and clouds in the opening scene, which is a weird thing to add CGI. I get the flies and the dust, yeah, but you yeah. couldn't get a dark sky. All right. Um, eh, I mean, hey, if you're in California, it's really hard to come across a, eh, that's true. a dreary sky. That's true. Uh, the movie was shot in 32 days, and Ryder Dan... Uh, Madigan also wrote the novelization for this film. So apparently there's a book for, for, of this movie out there somewhere, huh. which may, may, probably goes into more backstory details about with the killer, but that's really weird to make a novel off of it. That's an odd... I guess that's WWE trying to cash in as much as they can, but still, sure. like, why make a book out of this? Um, so that that's all the trivia I got for... Not bad. Yeah, for this week. So there's some interesting tidbits. Uh, let's go into the budget game! They spent how much? The budget game. All right. Aaron, Ooh. we did get a budget. This will be fun because this is a big time budget. Movie. Yeah. Not yeah. one of the smaller ones we've been doing lately. This was a big studio or actually this was WWE Studios first film. Uh, not the first. I don't think it's not the first time a wrestler has been in the movie, obviously, but the WWE Studios. This, this is their, their first, first film journey into filmmaking. Yes. And I remember they even said they're like, this was a big thing in 2000. They were really pushing this. And I think I've watched a little bit of wrestling around this time. I wasn't watching a lot of it, but 
Yeah, it was. Um, I don't know. I thought we were watching it in 2006. I'd, I'd come back from the army, and we were going to a couple live shows with Paul. And that was this year we caught John Cena's hat in the audience. True. So that was, we that's were doing true. wrestling. Yeah, at it, that was, time. it was. It was probably the the, the pinnacle. I guess the peak. It was right around. I'd say that. that yeah. 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 Um, anyway, so it opened nationwide, nationwide release, um, and we also I'll keep in mind we have budget, opening weekend, and total gross. So we have three guesses here for you. Fuck yeah! So you have three chances to lose. All right, <laughs> I like it. All right, for some reason, the budget is sticking out in my head. For some reason, I'm hearing two point three million for the budget. Okay. Opening weekend. Nationwide. Nationwide. I'm gonna say eight point four. 8.4 mil. Okay. And for total gross. Total gross. I'm going to say 16.5. 0.5. Okay. Well, um, budget. Wah, wah, wah. You came in way low. Budget for this movie, an even $8 million. Wow. Yeah. Uh, opening weekend gross blew your wad. Went way over. <laughs> opening weekend gross was four million five hundred eighty one thousand two hundred thirty three. Maybe I should have flipped those. Flipped those. Uh, but total domestic gross in US. This one, I may give you the win for. Oh, let's hear it. You said sixteen point five million. Yes. Total gross fifteen million thirty two thousand eight hundred. Hey, I think that's a win. I'll give you a win on that. All one. right. That one was close. Okay. Uh, so they spent it, eight million to make it. It almost doubled its money. Okay. So hey, a success. Absolutely. Especially since in, in the horror move, you, you know, no real name actor. Your big name is Kane, who, again, not everybody's going to know. Right. So overall, I'd say very successful for their first movie for WWE Studios. Sure. I think it's pretty well known. Horror movies, you can make cheaper and you usually get a good return. It's a good return sometimes, on investment. Sometimes. Some of them also, it, it's a real 50. Some make their money back really well. Others just bomb horribly. It's a, it, but yeah. All right. Let's move on to five star reviews. Is this your guilty pleasure? Five star reviews. All right, there were eight pages of five star reviews for Holy this movie. Holy shit! Um, well, the wrestling. It's this. Oh yeah, it's and again, fans. it's Amazon. A lot of them were, you know, Kane Lord. So, first one from Karen. I hadn't seen it because I don't usually go over them types of movies. My boyfriend is a huge wrestling fan and told me it was good. I have to agree. Five stars. Okay, Tracy. Basically, if you were a fan of Kane slash Glenn Jacobs, you will like this movie. It's a horror movie, not Schindler's List. So people need to take it for what it is. Cliches and gore abound in this film, but what's, but that's what makes a horror movie great. Glenn is awesome and can do no wrong in my eyes. eyes. I would say it is a definite must-see for, fa- for fans of all things red, whether it's blood and guts or the devil's favorite demon, with a little smiley face, five stars. This is interesting. That review, she says... Don't expect Schindler's List. How many of these five-star reviews have we read throughout the entire length of our of our podcast yeah. history where people are comparing, they're saying, don't expect something <laughs> great like Schindler's List. Don't expect something Oscar-worthy like Schindler's List. Dude, Schindler's List comes up so much in the five-stars reviews when they're saying, don't compare it to. Yeah, right. I think it really does. It comes up a lot. Um, from Law Chan. The only reason I bought this was because I missed seeing Christina, uh, the main girl. He got his name wrong, but Christina on screen. She is Puerto Rican, so I had to have home copy of this. Five stars. <laughs> Shout out to Puerto Rico. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Uh, from Victoria Hughes. It's like Michael Myers meets the religious part of Carrie. R-O-F-L. Five stars. <laughs> and last one from Eugene Fulton. 
Love this movie. Kane is awesome slasher. He is almost seven feet tall and 300 pounds. Oh, pure muscle destruction. The kills are invent, inventable. In, I don't know. It, he's messed it up. Must, it must be inventive. I'm I think it inventive. No, this does not reinvent the slasher genre and is kind oh by the numbers. But horror movies aren't meant to win any awards. This is without a doubt the best movie ever created by WWE Studios. If Friday the 13th is ever remade, Kane should be the new Jason. Holy shit, that guy Holy shit. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> uh, but there you go. Um, this is also the first movie by WWE Studios. So they can't. It, at the time, it had to be the best movie because it's the only movie at the time. Um, and I'm not sure of all the movies that they've done. I know they've done a lot of the Marines. Yeah. And they did like, like some Christmas movie with Miz and Paige. And they did some other family stuff. But... Which is weird because they made such a good horror movie with this. And then they can't go into more family stuff. And I guess it, this was what seemed to be the most successful. They should go back to doing this. Make- well, isn't this at the time they started, like, like I said, I stopped watching Although, around 2006. Although, maybe it's also that WWE has now gone towards a more PG, yes. PG-friendly yes. show. And they've gotten away from the Attitude area, so, Era. So that could be mm-hmm. something to do with it. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. Um Speaking of which, the, uh, the the tagline for this movie was, This Summer Evil Gets Raw. <laughs> <laughs> hey, didn't they make a sequel? They did make a sequel. Uh, it stars Daniel Harris. Uh, it, 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 it's, uh, we might get around to doing that someday, too, but they did make a sequel. And it's, it's Kane again. It, yeah, Kane comes back as the uh, same character, Jacob Goodnight. Uh, it takes place in like a hospital morgue or something like that. And uh, yeah, it was a sequel. I'm curious how he gets resurrected. Uh, I don't remember. I've, I've, I've watched it, but it, I watched it once. It's, it's like a year or two ago. Uh, I don't remember how he, they explained it away. Because, uh, God damn, he got fucked up. Fucked up. <laughs> I don't care how big you are. You're fucking dead. Yeah. Um, I thought I had something to say there. But uh, <laughs> anyway, fuck it. I don't remember. Uh, let's just go into our final thoughts and wrap this up. Because uh, we got to get ready for WrestleMania. Uh, yeah, anyway, Mania is going to be coming on. Ray, soon. Mania is going to be starting here. Uh, the pre-show starts in about 15 minutes for for us here. We give you a time frame when we're recording this. Uh, Aaron, what's your final thoughts on Sino Evil? When I first started watching it, like I said, I wasn't too turned on by the 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 bugs, the imagery, the the scratchy film, the you know weird cut. Their song, uh, "Jesus Loves the Little Children," playing yeah. in the back. I'm like, ah. God damn it, I hate these kind of movies. It just just pissed me off. But the more it went, the more it went into, it started to have a little bit of logical things, like the tripwires and the bells, the images of the mom being so abusive to him. I mean, there were there it started to it it started off really rocky for me, but it just got better and better and better and good enough for me to say so bad it's good. All right. So just makes good. it over the hump, but man, it started off raw like rough real bull like it did not have a good start but it had a strong finish but honestly the ending when they just killed him and they walked out the door i wanted maybe just a little more i don't know what <laughs> but it just seemed like you well you didn't have to come back for us i didn't want to walk out alone and yeah i you know, I, I agree i will agree with you on that i did not really care for the ending with that stupid line and mike mike surviving i thought was dumb. i don't know what else i really wanted I, would I don't you have know. Wanted, would you have wanted to see them cut back to Kane and see his hand twitch or something like that? Like, oh, he's not really dead. Or did you like the fact that he left it pre at this point pretty close? That from you know, which a lot of killers, slashers don't do. They always seem to show the killer is still alive. I like that they showed him still dead. And when they showed the dog coming up to piss in his you know ocular cavity, yeah, 
I thought, oh, here it is, here it is, because I know they made a sequel. I'm like, oh, here's the, here's the Come wiggle, back, the, yeah. the, the something, you know. Brought back by the life by dog urine. <laughs> the secret <laughs> of life. Little do we know. <laughs> yeah. Got, I got to start collecting my dog's piss in a jar. ER dogs, pay attention. <laughs> Pissing some eye holes. Uh, no, so it had some major flaws we already talked about, but overall, pretty fun. Yeah. Pretty fun horror film. I'm going to say so bad is good. All right. Um, I had watched this years and years ago when it came out. Back to, I remember watching it. I uh, hadn't seen it in years, though. Uh, There's a few things I remember or didn't get right in my memories, but um, overall, I can't remember most of it. But I agree with you, man. There are some things. The glaring logic holes and the glaring flaws that we didn't mention, yes, they're there. But as bad as they are, they're not as bad as we've seen in other movies. And I can't forgive them this because I too am saying so bad it's good because I did it comes down to it I just enjoyed it it was a fun ride for me the kills were solid I liked the setting the dark dingy dirty rundown hotel fit this movie I love I can't say enough about Kane Kane fucking nailed it just destroyed in this movie his, his effects of slamming people around him crashing through walls. Even like this, just the, some of the sort of swing of the axe that we've seen a bajillion times before, but when he does it, it looks so much more brutal and violent that it's just impressive to watch. Um, he's believable. The characters, yeah, they're obnoxious. Most of them, I'm, I'm glad that you want dead, especially Mike. I am pissed off that Mike lives. That's my biggest thing. I really hated. I really about think this. they could have killed the way they should have killed Mike. It, you know? Especially like- since that character, none of the characters that survive do come back in a second. None of them come back except for Glenn, except for Kane. I mean. Um, but that's I still say it's a fun movie to watch at least once. So bad it's good. Uh, that's all I'm gonna say because we're gonna go get ready to watch some fucking WrestleMania. So with that, Moon Goons, remember to watch more horror movies and to always keep it tight, brother. <laughs> <laughs>